Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane in Australia. It's episode 105 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk all things NBA, we make some predictions, and listen to some tunes. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Lime, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, the Scars of Cuba is a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Of course, this is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Carajo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Carajo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Carajo. Now with JRE Tobacco, Huynes and Husso have brought their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Carajo leaf. Aladinos are available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Candela. And each represent that golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in by every drawer. And of course, by Tobacco or USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco would say great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, and unapologetic blackened cigars MED1 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distillings, Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Jukebox 105. We are at the end of July of 2023. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Black Stage. And I'm joined on the other side of the world by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. Look at that breath there. Look at that. Wow. Got the 
little got bit the breath of winter. going. Yeah. So it's it's like cold. It'll be like so when the weather in Australia is kind of weird. So it'll be like forty degrees Fahrenheit in the morning, then the sun comes out and it's like seventy five. So it'll jump quite quickly. Yeah, that's that's like a North Carolina like mm-hmm. spring days are like that a lot. In the spring, mm-hmm. that's how it is in where I live. But we're going through like a massive heat wave right now. Um, where we're in upper nineties in North Carolina. Um, so we're we're in the dead of, of summer right now here, is what I'll just tell you. And uh that's that is uh it starts to cool down here getting closer to Labor Day, but but yeah, this is probably there's a big heat wave going on in the southern part of the US right now. So uh mm. for sure. Um uh, so we're like we've been in the mid nineties all week here. Um and it's just like you know, I have the uh in the studio, which is the garage, the third bay of my garage, it's air conditioned, right? I have a re- I have an HVAC mm. system, but I don't run this thing all day. But I came in here this morning and it was like, oh, I mean, all right. And I'll say this, it takes about an hour to get it cleared out. The 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 ick, all it's right, like mustiness mm. and stuff. But yeah, it gets, mm. the cigar smoke probably layered in. <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, we're we're finally out of it. So uh, it's it's what I'll just say is I feel for you, but it's it, but I it's it's worse here in terms of if I didn't have <laughs> air conditioning, it'd be brutal. Oh, it would be terrible. But no, I'm excited. See, Coop and I usually talk <clears throat> sports like. In the first part, and we're like, let's just do a sports show because I don't get to talk in Australia. You can't talk U.S. sports with a lot of, a lot of people. No, I, I was so pretty uh, excited. That, you know, you know, Dave kind of suggested this during the week, and uh, I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. We talk, we'll tie some music in as well. I think we always tie the music in. I think that was a great idea mm. you had. Um, and I think we're going to do this for several sports, Dave. I'm hoping we we do this for. Um, I think we are going to do this for football and and maybe hockey. We could get into. Um, which I'd love to do some hockey before the season starts. So, uh, you know, I think we'll do some of these for sure. And then we, uh, so I think it'll be pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm excited about this. So I don't think I've seen anyone do a basketball show with cigars before. So yeah, well, here we go. Well, if just, there is, I, I missed it. it. I apologize. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause there's some cigar people in the basketball world, like Alonzo morning. We have uh, Dominique Wilkins, Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, of course, like a lot of cigar people. Yeah, and and you know you mentioned um, Carl Malone and Alonzo were both at the trade show this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I have interviewed Carl, um, which is a thrill of my life. One, he's a really nice guy, um, but he did not want to talk. He he was very nice about it. His people, I should mm. say, they were very nice to say, "Hey, Carl really wants to focus on cigars here. He wants to respect the it was the TPA and." Um, so they asked that I don't do any basketball questions. I, and I understood that. I think that that was a very classy, it was classy of him to try to promote the industry as opposed to trying mm. to promote his own career. So I thought that was a very yeah. classy move by him. I was a little disappointed that I, I wanted yeah. to ask him about the time he clotheslined Isaiah Thomas, right? Because was, <laughs> I couldn't stand Isaiah Thomas, but but uh, I understood it. So I didn't get a chance to ask him about that. So, uh, <laughs> But yeah, we'll do some some NBA stuff, um, which is going to be interesting, interesting time right now in the NBA, but you yeah, know, no, it'll be great. I, I'm, and I think NBA, we'll talk about this as we get into the show. I think NBA, and I, I think everybody say, I'll just, Adam Silver has been one of the best commissioners in professional sports. Mm. And he is, he is, he realizes when there's things not working in the NBA, he's trying to fix them. 
And I, I think the changes he's been making are for the better. So I'm, I'm very pleased with him running the NBA right now. We'll, we'll, cause we'll get into that as we start doing our predictions and talking about things that are going to happen and everything. Oh, can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. So we might just get, get into it. I mean, music news, there's a lot of, it's, it was strange too. There's a lot of like, Reese, that's yeah. a big name people this week. Big name. Yeah. Surprising. Three big name people. Yeah. They go in threes. They say sometimes, right. Um, oh, we, we, you know, two of these, we probably could have did a whole show on, on, I agree. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely could have done a whole show on And But, and when we revisit the, like, you know, in memoriam, when we go well, later well, in the yeah. year, we'll, we'll have big, big, uh, exactly, exactly. Blocks to them. Yep. Um, one of them I wrote about on the website, actually. Yes, you did. Uh, so we got Tony Bennett passed away, which to be honest, um, I didn't know he was. As old as he was, I was I was quite surprised. You know, um, he was very you know, he, he had the Alzheimer's and everything, but he stayed very yeah. active and he was doing stuff. And, I mean he was he was in he was in ninety seven, I think. He was doing yeah. stuff in his early nineties and performing even up to about two or three years ago. So he was a young at heart guy for sure. Yeah, because he goes back to like Rat Pack days. He's, I mean, he, may the the he may be the last of the crooners. He may be the last of the crooners, I'll be honest with you. Unless you want to consider like a Brian Ferry a crooner, like, but I don't put him in the same mode as a. No. I, I mentioned Brian Ferry because he croons, but I don't see him as a crooner. You know, if that makes well, sense. Um, oh yeah, I mean Tony Bennett, uh, who passed away. I mean, it's interesting because I was looking at his um, music again while before doing this, and like he um he had that comeback coop with the duets with like Lady Gaga. Yep. And and he sort of bridged the generational gap. Like he did an MTV Unplugged. Yep. He did that, that you would never think of. And and um, he really kind of spoke to a lot of different generations. He he and Dolly did stuff together at a Christmas event in Lincoln Center. Yep. In '93. Yep. And the and yeah, Frank Sinatra called him one of the the few singers that moved him. Frank Sinatra really liked Tony Bennett. Yep. And um. And yeah, no, it's it was uh, it was quite surprising. And then it was just it's just interesting. He's one of these performers that's been performing so long. He's had a number of different stages of his career where you know. And I think the sort of last stage with with Lady Gaga, he became more of a well known name across different generations, which was really interesting. Yeah, you know, you mentioned "I Left My Heart in San Francisco." It it mm. probably is the song. That Tony Bennett will, you know, it's a the city and Tony Bennett will always be linked. There, there's just mm. it's an iconic song. It's a legendary song. The perform, it, but he's so associated with that song. But here's what a lot of people probably don't realize: he 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 was born in New York, he lived in New York, and he died in New York. <laughs> he was a New yeah, Yorker yeah, yeah. through and through. But he is associated with San Francisco much more than New York because of that one yeah. song. I mean, that's and, and that's that's not a knock or anything. I'm just saying, but he very much was a New York guy, uh, Tony Bennett. So, oh yeah, and I think yeah. uh, I think you're right. I mean, that, I left my heart in San Francisco is the one that most people know. Um, the other song I want to mention is "The Lady Is a Tramp," and that is with Lady Gaga, kind of off. Yeah, I think their duets really did really well and kind of gave him another another stage to his career. Yeah, I mean, I I think there was stuff that would, if you go back about 30 30 years ago, let's say, the 90s, 
he was like what, what Tony Bennett started doing is he started appealing to like you mentioned how he was appealing to another audience. He started going down the he was on MTV. He was on the Tonight Show. Uh he was on The Simpsons. Right? He was he was the Muppet Show. He was on he was on these types of things. And that was so brilliant what he did because he connected with other generations that probably people in his age would never connect with. And it was because he did yeah. those types of things. And as a result, he built up a multi-generational audience. Um, he might have actually did this better than Sinatra did it, to be honest with you. I think like mm. Sinatra, I'm not saying Sinatra's beloved, don't get me wrong, but but Tony Bennett, I think, could appeal to people from 18 to 88 is what I'm saying. Because oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he had some tough years. Uh, you know, he, he in the 60s, he came up, but in the 70s mm. were rough for him. It was really, mm. it was really in the 80s he started coming back, and in the 90s, like I said, when he started kind of going, getting out there with these TV appearances and stuff, that's when it really kind of resurrected for him. And then, Another death. This is a little. It was more recent. Right. Was, uh, Sinead O'Connor dying at uh, fifty-six. My age. She's like my age. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was that's a. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, and and at the time of I haven't read lately. At the time of writing this, they didn't have uh, a cause of death. Um, I see, and I wrote this. I wrote a sort of a uh, article on her on the website, and I think. It's, I think it was last year her son committed suicide and she had all yeah. these cryptic messages coop around life being hopeless and not wanting to live and and I, and she's had those for a while now so yeah. it's it that's a bit concerning you know considering the timing of all those things um but no she was uh dominated the 90s very polarizing figure uh, especially after ripping a picture of the pope on Saturday Night live which was in like yeah, she pissed everyone off in the Italian neighborhoods in Brooklyn with that. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh. So, it, so she did that. She had, um, she had a kind of a comeback from that. Um, is that so? She she did that. Um, had kind of a comeback from that. But really, I mean, made music all the way through, but really is kind of known for the 90s. After the 90s, Coop, I'd say her music sort of wasn't as played. There's like an album here and there. Um, she, I mean, I think those, those, um, the, the three records in the 90s. So you got Lion and the Cobra, which was like 87, so pretty close. Um, uh, what is that? Uh, I, I, I still want what I haven't got. And then um, Universal Mother. There's an album in between there. Those were extremely good albums. Um, big time activist, big time feminist, was abused herself as a child and spoke out a lot against abuse. But yeah, I mean, I would say Coop in the 90s, very polarizing figure, but on the whole, I think left a big impact on music and then just sort of faded away. Like she's still putting out music, but wasn't as well covered. Um, yeah, it was sad. It was sad to hear and. Uh, there was a lot of outpouring of grief from Ireland, being that uh, she's from there. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, the songs I had was Nothing Compares to You, and uh, uh, which is her most famous song um, by, uh, you know, written by Prince. 
And then uh, thank you for hearing me, which is off of uh, Universal Mother. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you have thoughts, Coop. I mean, Sinead, I think it was more important to me because I was sort of getting into music at the time. She was getting really big, so it sort of hit at the right time. You know, here here's how I'm gonna look at this. First of all, very tragic life she had. Mm. Um, anyone who struggles with mental health issues and you know losing a child, my heart goes out to them. Right? You know, um, she did some ridiculous things. Let's be honest with you. She did. I mean, mm. but I I don't, Dave. I'm having trouble putting my finger on her being a musical icon. Right. And this is not to dance on her grave or anything like that. I'm, my feeling is that she had one big hit, nothing compares to you, which a Prince written track. And if you've heard Prince, Prince, I've heard Prince sing it. I've heard her, her sing it. Her performance, no doubt, took it to the next level. I mean, she did a really good job on that. But in the mainstream music world, and I'm not talking the Dave Burke music world or the Will Cooper music world. I don't think she's much more than a one-hit wonder. And on top of that, I think, unfortunately, she's not remembered for... Like I said, I'm not disagreeing with you. She did a lot of good things, maybe critical acclaim, got under the covers. But I just don't think it ever got out there because it was that one hit and her ripping up the picture of the Pope and then trying to become a high priestess or something like that. It was all... That's what I always heard about her and that one hit. It's just the other stuff I never heard about. So... I struggle with this because, again, I'm not knocking what she did musically, all right? It's just I don't know publicly if she did more than that. So maybe you disagree with me. Maybe from your perspective, you saw her as, as a bigger artist. I, I haven't. I saw her as a one-hit wonder who did all these controversial things afterwards. I think it's sort of like if you were to – if you said – I uh, so, okay. So I think you could kind of – like, let's – I'm just going to take – um like say like a like a like we talked about Pink Floyd or Pearl Jam or something. Yeah, I think the issue is is that like her hits because there were like three or four hits off of that record that if you went to Spotify now have like a hundred million listens on it, and that record was huge. And that the other the two like the one there's the one before Line of Cobra which was which was pretty big that got her that one which was big, and then she ripped the picture of the Pope and then the record after that was was bad. And the Universal Mother did all right. Um, but I think the problem is all of her, like, success was, like, in the 90s. And then, like, kind of, like, she didn't have any more musical success. Sort of like if, you know, like we talked about, like, um, when we have bands like, say, Pink Floyd or Pearl Jam, although they did all right, in the battle of the bands, usually don't do that well because they kind of faded away. Like, they, their albums, like, as you, like... The albums sort of fade off. So I think the problem is like since all of her success came early and then later it's more a controversy and albums that didn't really hit with anyone. I yeah. think that you kind of like, well, you know, you know, what was her career really like? Whereas like I, for me, it's like just the 90s in the sense that like she could come out there, shaved head, you know, and have like such mainstream success for that album alone. I think it was, I think in the nineties, she does, she helped define the nineties, but probably when you move past that, her influence is really kind of not a whole lot. That's yeah. And she so didn't I, have that comeback. Yeah. She didn't have that like, Hey, no, you know, I'm going to make a comeback in 2005 and 
No. I'm going to reconnect with my my old audience and, and get the new audience. No. That didn't happen, and that hurt. I think that hurt, too. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like, say, like I said with Pearl Jam, if you're like, well, yeah, they're big in the 90s, but, like, what happened then? Was, I think it's because, like, you kind of, like, her later career sort of undercuts her early career, if that makes sense. They, because her later career is so forgetful. It's like, yeah. well, but, yeah, but I think if you just took the night, I think, my my thing I think is like her importance in the '90s was so huge. It was, and I'd say, and it, but by '95 it was gone. Though I mean, it did not go the whole yeah. Day. Well, yeah, well, Universal Mother, yeah, yeah, Universal Mother was what like '94, yeah. '95, some of that. Yeah, and I don't know. I I look. I'm gonna be honest. I think that Saturday Night Live thing destroyed her career. I I, I do. It didn't help. I, it it didn't help. But you, there's certain you could get away with doing certain controversial things when you get when you start messing it's like you know you don't talk religion and politics in a lounge there's a line you just can't cross in this country right and and, and that's one yeah. you just can't cross i'm not saying you, you don't have i i don't have a problem someone wants to be critical of the church right but there's there's again there's a line that you cross and and i think that i don't think it was ever the same for her after that um, no, it, yeah, I it mean, was. She recovered a little bit with Universal Mother. I mean, you can just look at the next album, like the next album she put out, like just cratered. Yep, yep, after that. But Universal Mother kind of did a bit better sales wise and everything. She covered a Nirvana song in there, which was huge, and she had a couple other songs that were really big, but you never know, really the same height. And I think that, I mean, the other thing is she went you know, and talked and publicly backed the IRA, which is never. That was another. Yeah, that was religion and politics are the things you want to be real careful. You can take a stand on it, but then there's a line you cross. Like Springsteen will take a stand on it, but I think he knows when not to cross the line. Is what I'm saying with that. So yeah, you know, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, a very polarizing figure, um, but I still think an important figure in in music to talk about. She'll be yeah. I mean, and and look, nothing compares to you. Oh, Let me ask a question. Do you, well, see, I just, I know, I, you know, I agree with you. That first album she had was was well known on the college circuit. That was yeah. getting some attention. But, but yeah, she got. I mean, that song that that she got from Prince and covered was, Oof. like I said, it was it was record of the year quality. I mean, it was a good. It was that good. You you can't oh, argue yeah. that that was not a, uh, you know. And I think Prince has even like raved about that performance. So. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the one I didn't know about, Coopad, one of the founding members of the Eagles. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. Uh Randy Meisner, who was a bass player and a singer. Um, he was one of the founding members of the band, died uh age seventy seven, mm. uh, from C O P D, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Um oh. he Randy was known. He did some lead vocals and he did mostly background vocals. He was known for the high pitched background, the high octane, uh, the higher, mm. notes, you know, the more soprano, those high notes yeah. uh, on the background vocals was him. He sings Take It to the Limit. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, oh, his yeah. his uh, his tenure in the band came to an end. I think it was like in 77 or so. Uh, he had a physical altercation with Glenn Fry. Whoa, 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 uh, man. And, it, and it was over. It was something over. Take it to the limit. It was they were arguing. Oh, really? About, yeah, there was a physical altercation, and after that happened, the band back Glenn Fry. They froze froze him out, oh. and he was gone 
Uh, that was it. So, um, yeah, it's um, but the Eagles did put a you know classy move. They did put a statement. Of course, Glenn Fry's already passed, but um, yeah. I don't know if they ever patched that up or not. But he did not go back to the band, as far as I know, with that. Um, but like I said, take it to the limits. The song he's really known for, but he contributed. He, he was not just a, ba- a, a session musician. He was a songwriter, and he contributed to a lot of songs, such as "One of These Nights," "Desperado," "On the mm. Border," and "Hotel California." So I mean, he was a big part of that early success of the band, for sure. And uh, um, yeah, he is. Uh, Randy Meisner has left the building. Um, so mm. so sad news. Um, if you're an Eagles fan, I think uh, he. I think like I said, I think he's always had a. Um, he's always kind of had a popular place. I think among Eagles right. fans. So um, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'm. I don't know. If, I, I know he was like semi. He's been semi retired for a while. So I. But I don't think he ever went back to reunited with the Eagles. Uh. Okay. He, I think he. I think he did. No, he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Of course. Um. He did go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That part he did. Yeah. Um. And he did perform with them. That was the part he did do that. Okay. So. Uh, I'm just, right. uh, yeah, I'm just also looking up one other thing here. Yeah, and he was invited. I just want to look up something in my notes. Yeah, he was invited also to tour with them once, but couldn't for health reasons. Uh, and this was about 10 yeah. years ago. So, yeah, Randy Meisner, uh, dead at age 77. I mean, the Eagles, man, they're a band to me that's almost as synonymous with like infighting as they are with music. At the- I mean, <laughs> that's a good that's a good rival show. The, the rivalry with, uh, um, you know, Don Don Henley and Glenn Fry, of course Joe mm. Walsh was involved with that. Timothy B. Schmidt, you know Randy Miser. There's a lot. That was a lot. Mm. A very tumultuous band. Um, oh, and, yeah. uh, you, you know, you like I said, you look at it, and three of those guys have had pretty successful career solo careers, especially mm. two of them, mm. Henley and, and mm. Fry. I'd say are the most success, and then Joe Walsh had his core following. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, but no, thanks for bringing that to my attention. Yep. I mean, yep. yeah. He died, he died I on mean, Wednesday. It looks like he died Wednesday is when that happened, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day with a lot of, you know, with a lot of people passing away. It's like, man, I was thinking too, like, well, we got Willie Nelson, Dolly, like, Bruce. We got people, like, getting up there in age there, Coop. We do. Uh, we definitely do. I and mean, we have some guys, you know, hurt in their eighties. Um, you mm. know, um, you know, the the Rolling Stones are in their eighties. Um, mm. Ooh, so you know, that's uh, a good uh, yeah. segue to later. That's a good segue. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So you know, but there's guys like I think we've talked about this. A lot of guys that we've grown up with, they've been around mm. all of our lives. We think they're gonna be around forever. You know, they start hitting their eighties, and you know, you're in your eighties. You know, it's like. Yeah, it ain't, it ain't. It ain't. You can't be like you're in the forties. So it's, it's, it's a, now. I remember when, like, a lot of um, I was talking to my. I've been having a conversation with my dad and mom on this. Like, you know, a lot of the the teen idol stars and the, like when they were turning forty, they were almost like ancient to my parents. You know. Oh <laughs> yeah. right. And you know, some of these guys like Frankie Valley was are still going on today. So. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of still going on, I went and saw Lizzo Coop. Okay. In yeah. Sydney, the Lizzo yeah. concert. Oh, that's where you were last amazing. week. Actually, that's where you were last week. By the way, uh, that's where I was. With, yep. With Lizzo, it was fantastic. Great show. It was. Uh, 
sold out house in Australia. I don't know what show she's doing. We're at the tail end of her tour. She's doing like arena shows here. So it's like 20,000, something like uh-huh. that. Uh, no, got a review on the site. Excellent, Coop. She played all the hits you'd want to hear. She was great with the audience. Um, It was fun. It was good. She's very good. We did. Uh, she played the flute. We did a uh, mindful breathing activity. <laughs> it was great. That's good. She's very good. So, yeah. So I got to catch her at the end. Um, of her tour, which was very good. So, uh, so yeah, Lizzo in the books. Another concert review going up. It's a, been a great eighteen months of concerts here in Australia. It's yeah. been some of the biggest names we've had in a very long time. Yeah, like I said, I think the concert tour has really got back in um into full force in the U.S. last summer. But I think this is, but it's even so, I think this is the first like big summer concert uh series. You know. I think people are are back at the concerts. I have not gone back to a concert in a while. I have not been to a concert in a while. Um, you know, I've, I've had some of my health issues with with uh yeah, but I do miss it. Um, Ooh. and I don't think it will be permanent. You know, so um, Ooh. so um, no, I don't think it will. But I, I I have watched a lot of live music, so but I do miss that. Um, I don't miss going to a seventy five thousand. Uh, football stadium concert, but I like. Well, I always like. I, I don't mind. A, I don't mind. I like a good concert venue with great acoustics, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, uh, and we have some good ones in Charlotte, um, for sure. So, um, yeah. So I'll stay tuned. I mean, I think we have we have we have a couple Ooh. of the amphitheaters in Charlotte, which are really nice to go to concerts. Yeah. Like I've seen fish in the amphitheater, which is tears. Yeah. Played it. Big fish. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to go see. I want to go see uh, Cheap Trick. So um. I'm, oh yeah, yeah. And they come. Yeah, yeah. So they're touring. Yeah. They they're constantly uh, touring. Yeah, they're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of music that we love. Yes. Uh, we have we have some breaking news on on uh, Dojo. Yeah, yeah. You want me to take this? I'll take this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dojo's kind of changed up his PCA coverage this year. I don't understand it, but I'm going to just <laughs> chalk it up to he probably knows more than me in this case, right? So he's gone tick like his video, like his coverage is like TikTok videos, right? Oh, so, okay, yeah. So, and and Instagram reels, which I, I'm I'm gonna put in the same category, but it's it's he's got these like videos of like the show, and then he goes and puts background music, which is I guess licensed by TikTok, licensed by Instagram, and uh, he's putting background music on. And I'll say this: I don't understand how this is appealing, right? But I'll say this: he does a good job at, ba- at matching the music, so and a good job at the video and everything. But and like I said, he probably knows more than me in this case, right? Okay. But you know, I, I, I and I've been following it, right? I'm, I'm, I just curious, right? And he happened to have one where he's at James Brown and Oveja Negra Brands, Black Label Trading Company, uh, Black Orc Studio, right? Mm. And I go, yes. and I, I go, and I click on it, and I start hearing. Dun, 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 dun. It's painted black <laughs> by the Rolling Stones, right? And I'm like, dude, this is the guy. You remember? They're overrated. Like the he put a yeah. hex on me when. Uh, all right, I'm exaggerating that a little, but but he was like, <laughs> the, when I had the hex. Rolling Stones and my Battle of the Bands as the top pick, he destroyed it for me, basically, right? Just, oh, yes. that overrated. 
and 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 he saw the wisdom. And by the way, it was a great song to put with, with James Brown's boots. So you got to give him. Well, yeah. Like, well, it's a perfect fit. Yeah, it's a perfect fit. You got to give it to him, right? And he's like, "Well, I just said they're overrated. I really like this song." I'm like, "Oh, now you like the song here, right?" <laughs> How is that overrated? If, how are they overrated, Dave? If you picked a song that was perfect for the booth, then they're not overrated. They're, they, they're doing music that's relevant. Oh, man. Uh, it was fun. And he's like, you know, and he's, ah, you know, Coop, he's like, he's giving me all these explanations. He's backpedaling. I'm like, come on, uh, come on, Eric. Admit it. <laughs> you like the Stones. <laughs> but, uh... no, but it was good. It wasn't. You go check it out. I'm going to try to put that. Uh, I'll remember to put that link in the uh, notes so folks can can actually see the uh, um, the clip and then the music playing in the background is pretty cool. I mean, so YouTube will definitely. Oh yeah, YouTube's been flagging me on a lot of stuff from the trade show. I'll just say that. Oh really? Yeah, it's been. But we'll. But the thing is, we're licensed for it. It's like no, the license is allowed, but it flags every piece of music. Like it seems like. Our sponsor stuff, everything is flagged, but it's licensed. It's allowed by YouTube. So that's so I'm just saying they mm. catch everything, is what I'm telling you. Mm. Yep. Yep. So uh, I will be on Smoke Night Live this Friday. I'm going to be doing a stock, cigar stock market show. I believe this topic will come up at some point. So oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to sure try will. to bring it up. Yeah, I'm going to try to bring Yeah, you know, I'm going to say, Eric, come on and do an album archaeology on the Stones here, you know? Yeah, Exile Main Street. Let's go. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. What, what's what's the other one? You two, he doesn't like either. Is that right? He is does, that him or is that he, someone he, else? He does not like you two. And he doesn't like he doesn't like Duran Duran's The Reflex. Really? Yeah, he, he does like he, he likes The Clash. He loves The Clash. He loves The Clash. Uh, but yeah, he was ripping the reflex. I remember that, but I don't know. And I, I say it because I don't know if he's ripping Duran Duran as a as an entity. Oh, I hear what you're saying. Okay, right. He, but he has ripped you too because that was another one he put like a whammy on with me indirectly. He did. Yeah, you know, I had him as number one team. They're overrated. <laughs> he did. Um, <laughs> along with Eric's new love of. Uh... The stones, Rolling Stones. <laughs> what else is some other PCA news you want to touch on, Coop? You know, I want to hit a couple of things, and I'm going to share this. There is a release that came out that was introduced to PCA, Dave, that yeah. I thought should have, like, I don't know why it didn't get a lot of coverage. I don't know why. I mean, I can understand. He kept it under wraps until the show. I understand that. But this is something I would put pretty close to Fuente Padron, right? And that is that, that is that there is a big collaboration coming out early next year between My Father Cigars and Pete Johnson of Tatawaka. I did not hear this. So this was at right. the My Father booth, right? So yeah. Pete didn't talk a lot about it. Um, obviously, they didn't talk a lot about mm. it beforehand, right? But, you know, Pete, I think, is very respectful to the boundaries so he didn't really talk about it in his booth, but when we went to the my father booth, um, they have um, they had this, and there are these beautiful humidors. These are probably not going to be cheap. There's about fifteen hundred of these that are going out. Yeah, right? I hope someone breaks them up. Right. So on the left, there is a uh, Corojo cigar that was blended by Pete Johnson, and on the right side, okay. there is a um, Habano cigar generated by the Garcias. So the left side, Pete generated mm. something for the Garcias. 
And on the right side, the Garcia's mm. blended something for Pete, kind of hoping to get into his wheelhouse. And it's in this beautiful black LEB, uh, black humidor with his Icar cutter. Mm. Um, now, if you look at oh, this yeah, next yeah. picture, if Ooh. you look at this next picture here, um, there's a red humidor and a black humidor. So the black humidor is coming out first. The red humidor is going to be the next one that comes out. Um, and then you can see it there. Okay. Um, and uh, from what I understand, the red humidor um, is going to feature two different blends. So uh, the Garcia's blended a broadleaf for Pete, and Pete blended a Sumatra for the Garcia's. Uh, we don't have pricing oh. in this yet. We don't have any pricing for this yet. It ain't going to be cheap. But this was, Dave, no. I thought this was, when I went, I thought my father, by the way, had the best booth at the show this year in terms of products. Oh, they, were, right. they were very limited, but they were very elegant stuff that we saw. Just mm. well laid up. But this, to me, was almost at a Fuente Padron level. I'm like, this is pretty big. And mm. this was a project Pete was very heavily involved with, like, you know, blending mm -hmm. this and stuff. So I think this got missed for whatever reason by people. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I wonder... Is it, Do you think people are just down on my father, or...? I think my I father, know. they, they, you know, Pete's gotten a lot better, like, really working with the media. He's been very good with the media. My father just isn't as good as working with the media. Some of it's, I think, language to do with it, too. But they don't, you know, they, they have, they go, they're, they're the ones that they go the Cigar Aficionado route. And if Cigar Aficionado doesn't mm. cover it, it doesn't get out there. They didn't cover it, Cigar Aficionado. Mm. They didn't talk much about this. So uh, that's right. what happened here. But, you know, you go to the, my father's booth, mm. they're awesome. Like, it's not that they don't talk. They're great. You know, hey, we want to talk to someone in the booth. They, they, we, we had the whole Garcia family come out when, when we were there, and they came out to greet us, and they had a translator. They were great with us. So um, it's not bad. It's not that they don't want to talk to you, but they they just tend to work a little differently, I find. So right. I'm excited. I'm excited. That's a project I'm very excited yeah. about. Um, I definitely want to check that one out uh, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm hoping I can get my hands on that one. You know, that may, that may be a tough one to get your hands yeah, on. Yeah, that, that would be. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, you know, I may have to call favor in with Pete on that. Oh. Uh, you know, I want to mention one other cigar. Um, and like I said, there's a yep. lot we're covered on Coop, but you know, a lot of people are asking me what the best cigar I, ha I had at the show and what was the best cigar. So this. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna say it here. So, <laughs> excuse me. I should be coughing into this. So, I think the team when the team was on the trade show floor, yep. we were uh, Aaron Nielsen who had to go home early, uh, was not with us. But our feeling was that this was. I'm gonna show a picture of it. That the cigar that was our favorite cigar on the trade show floor was Ooh. the uh, La Roma de Cuba by Ashton, R Connecticut. Right. Uh, we right, were we okay. to the Corona size. We were blown away by this. Um, it was, it was really good. It's a cigar. It's like under eight bucks, so it's a very affordable cigar. And we were just really impressed with this cigar out of the gate. But you know, you get mm. home, you get home, mm. and then you mm. have mm. other cigars, right? Um, oh, okay. Here we go. The other cigar that I just want to mention, and and I smoked this one uh, actually when I was doing KMA last week, and this one, I uh, this is a company that does have a very good reputation for uh, some high profile releases, um, and they made a return to the trade show this year, and that's Hoya de Nicaragua, and this is the Cinco and Cinco. Uh, this was yep. fantastic. This cigar. Um. Mm. 
Hey, I'll go up the Cinco de Cotas. This is the for the 50th uh, anniversary. This is the Cinco y Cinco for the 55th anniversary. Um, I only had one sample. Um, I got, in mm. fact, I let the other guys take the samples, and when we sent some, then they picked some to send to Nielsen, who had to go home early. So I get anything that's left over. Uh, and then they usually will load up some extra stuff so we can give you stuff too. Like, but but I I um um I got one of these. Um, and I can't I like I can't I'm gonna buy a box of these. They, they were that good. So right, yeah. So this cool is cool looking box too. It's the green. It, green was the new blue this year. Everyone was going with green oh really boxes. okay. Yeah, Green okay. boxes were really cool. Um, I do want to mention one other. I, I'm sorry, Dave, I'm going on, so but I know you hey. want to hear this last thing. Um, the other cigar, and I only had one of these as well. Um, and uh, we'll get you some more. But we talked about this cigar on the show. Uh, and that, I know because I know this is a brand that's a little near and dear to you. Uh, that's the Clown Heads Garbarita. Um, yes. Um. Great cigar, Dave. They they really it? every it, there's no disappointment with this cigar. They did good because there's it, been it, a lot of uh, hype around it. Um, well, not a yeah, lot of hype, but there's I, been a lot of people excited about it. I saw Skip made some passive aggressive comments about this on a post. Don't he he didn't, didn't call he? it Crown Heads, but he was like calling out what they were doing, and it was very obvious it was Crown Heads. You know, because they talked about having. A smaller set of rollers, the more aging of the tobaccos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But let me tell you, the end product, Dave, was was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed this cigar. Um, I had, I would have no problem paying twenty dollars for this cigar. Uh, it's smoked. See, like that's I, the thing. They did a great job on twenty it. bucks, man. I mean, it, it's that's not nothing cheap. compared it, to what some cigars. But I mean, but, some cigars are going for like thirty. You've never even heard of them. But yeah, but you know, I always give Hubert. I always give Huber credit. He he's really tried to keep his prices for the everyday mm-hmm. guy. I mean, and I understand sometimes you do have to go for a different market, and he certainly is. I think he certainly earned the right to put a twenty dollars cigar out there. And I think anyone yeah. criticizes him, that's unfair. And and look, this is what I'll say. And, and Bear, by the way, Bear's interview with John Huber, I think it was one of the best ever. Right? I'm, I'm being very biased. Uh, that's out there already on Coop. Um, Bear knocked it out of the park with that. Um, mm. you know, again, like I said, I I feel. He did a good explanation. Okay, I'm charging twenty dollars for a cigar, but here's what we did, and he explained the. He took us behind the scenes with the process on that, yeah. and I, I, you know, how many companies? There's not a lot of companies that do that. You know, ah, oh, we hmm. found this extra bale of tobacco, and you know, but no, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they, they, he took us behind the scenes with this and explained it. And you know what? I, I'm gonna, tr- I have enough trust in the company that they're telling me the truth, and. Yeah. I'm gonna say, and, and the cigar smoked great. So, uh, oh, I mean, that's the that's the that's the 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 um, telltale, isn't it? I mean, you can have the greatest story in the world, but like yeah. the cigar has to deliver, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. So I think you're gonna be really happy with this, Dave. Um, um. Again, I got one of these. The guys took a lot of us. <laughs> I should have hey. saved this for you, but I did need this. You know what, Dave? I did need to smoke this because I can intelligently not talk about it. So. Uh, I'm gonna buy uh, this. Is another cigar. I have no problem uh, getting this cigar when it comes out. I can't wait to review this cigar too. Hopefully, it will perform like the I, same way. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, there was a lot of excitement around this cigar coming out. So, um, and, I'm ex- and they were really proud of this cigar. I mean, it was just you could see this was this was a uh, like I said, I I felt. 
you know, if John is listening, you know, I think I probably said it to him at the show as well. This was absolutely like he, they did all the right things with this cigar. Um, mm. you know, in terms of how how I, I think the packaging is great, the blend is great, and like I said, taking us and helping us understand this is why we're charging twenty dollars for a cigar because yeah. we did some we did these types of things, and it's nothing revolutionary they did with this, Dave. But they at least explained no. what this process was with it. You know, having having mm. X rays tobacco is nothing really new, and using a small set of rollers, skilled rollers, nothing new. But you know, you put it all together, and and, and it's gonna cost money to do those types of things. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And I mean, like I like I said, like twenty dollars is becoming a budget cigar. I mean, it, <laughs> like, know, it, it, yeah. I mean, that's why that La Roma de Cuba is such a good value. Um, and I've not, and that they make that cigar at. at my father, I've not liked most of the my father Connecticut's that have come out, um, except for maybe a couple of the Cabaguans, right? The, for Pete, but that's this oh, is yeah. a really good this this is a really good Connecticut that came out, um, is what I'm saying. So good job by Ashton on that one. Speaking of uh, Crown Heads, and thanks for the for the that glimpse coop catch all coop stuff, man. PCA stuff, yep, coming out. He's putting it out everywhere. Yeah, Go we're doing coop. we're doing it every day at, at five o'clock Eastern time. We put out two videos and two articles with, with the corresponding articles, and this way you don't have to absorb everything in three days. Uh, it's right. out there. It's out there. And, and look, Dave, I gotta really take it off to the rest of the Coop team. Who, uh, Bear, Ben, and Aaron Nielsen. Um, they just this year. Took it to the stratosphere. This is the best year of coverage we've had. I'm really proud of this coverage this year. I don't know how we're going to top it, but I'm sure we will. It was they they did a really good job this year. The guys they worked very hard, so uh, they deserve it. Well, good work, Coop. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank to you, you, Dave. And the team. Now we got to get now we got to get you out there. That's the goal. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a bit more of a business expense. That one. I know. I know. Um, we're, we're gonna have to figure something out. We're gonna go, well, we have to have a GoFundMe to get Dave the PCA. GoFundMe. I'm thinking go. about that. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah. Crown Heads. That's my cigar coop. I'm thinking the the last Calaveras 2023 is hitting shelves the last couple weeks. So um, it's been popping up on sites, popping up in stores now that they're shipping it out. So I thought I'd go back in time, Coop. I got the Toro, I think the 54, I think it is, yep. of the, uh, two, the 20 last year's, the 2022. I, was, I, thought was, I, thought nice. I thought that was a good one, that, that blend, too. The, blue the, label? Yeah, the blue label I thought was good. Oh, yeah. I took one to Vegas. I, mean, I smoked it in my hotel room before we moved to the media compound. I was in a hotel room. So I did smoke. I had a smoking hotel room, which was nice. Nice. But no, I'm just excited to see how it's doing one year later. And I got just got thinking of it because I was ordering um, the new one. So I'm like, oh, I wonder what it's what this is like. So here we go. What do you got, Coop? Um. So I have... We're in the Crown Heads family tonight, um, but oh, I am smoking one of the Osgener uh, family cigars, and Tim ah. Osgener is a partner in Crown Heads, and Osgener's family cigars is distributed by Crown Heads. This is the Aramas, um, mm. and it pays homage to uh, Tim Osgener's family who has Turkish background. Uh, there's a uh, place in eastern Turkey called Mount Ar- Aramat, and I guess mm-hmm. they, uh, they, they work, you know, they kind of massage the name a bit. Um, it's a cigar made by Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Five country, okay. so it's a five country blend. I've not smoked this by the way before, by the way. So this is this is a first. Five country blend, Mexican wrapper, Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, 
Dominican, Nicaragua, and Connecticut broadleaf fillers. Wow. So, so yeah, this is now this is a show sample. Um, so something I always want to say. So I may not have the best opinion of it, but I never judge a show sample either. Yeah. So uh yeah. and this is the size they call this this is the Robusto, they call this the A fifty two for the fifty two ring gauge. Okay. So I'm gonna fire this guy up. I'm I'm I've been looking forward to this cigar for a while. Mm. I got I got a quick question, Coop, without notice yeah. mm-hmm. for you. Yep. So when you take show samples, is you are you just like looking for first impressions? You're not really like, you just like let's get just a vibe of what the cigar is kind of like, and then review it more later. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I let a lot of guys take the samples, right? So the idea yeah. is, um, a lot of us gave up reviewing show samples years ago. Uh, Matt Booth will tell you a story. They handed out the original Room One Hundred One cigar at the trade show. Everyone loved it, and then what shipped was completely different, right? So sample, so it's not a good indicator. Uh, also, cigars are dried out at the trade show. It goes to extreme humidity, so we don't do it. But you know what? We do want to have a feel for the product. You want to be able to touch, feel, smell, taste the product. So yeah. it, it's, I think the word you used was first impressions, and, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this should give me a vibe. for. I, I could tell if the cigar is dried out or something like that, yeah. you know. So, uh, th- I mean, I, I'll be honest this. It feels a little dry, but it's not. I mean, if I squeeze it, it's not going to crack. So yeah. it's, I think it'll be fine. But, you know, at least uh, I can send you some stuff, Dave. I can smoke some stuff on the air. Um, and yeah. like I said, the, I was talking about the Johnny Tobacconauts. I don't know. And uh, the Johnny Tobacconauts are what's great about it, We got like sealed five packs of those. So mm. those are probably better than a normal show sample. Mm. Um, so, you know, you have some of those too, but, you know, to review it, I have to I have to get the cigar after it's on the shelf. Oh yeah, that's oh, that's just for review. That's just how I did the reviews. But it will give you some good first impressions. So we're gonna do NBA now. The way we've done it is we're predicting playoffs, a champ, and then we got some over unders. And there's a lot of teams. So I think what we'll do is like one person will say, "Now I went all the way to the play in, like one to ten. Uh huh. For the playoffs, so I don't I'll know. Do, I can do that. I can do that as well. So, what we can do is like someone will say, "We'll go with the we'll start with the East." Someone says ten. If you have that team higher on your list, then you're like, "Oh, I had that team at seven, and we could talk about the team." Or, it'll yeah, just be easier than like you know. Yep. So, we'll just take turns, go through ours. Um, we'll say our you know number ten, and then. If someone else has that team on their list, they'll say where it was on their list, and then we'll just whittle it down. Okay. Um, that will make that'll be a bit. It'll just it'll just be a bit less uh, time because there's a ton of teams. Oh, I'm so excited for this. So the reason we did this is because Coop and I used to we talked a lot of sports in the in the in the actual like conversation bits like, and I got inspired by Coop's amazing baseball show. Which you haven't heard Coop's baseball show, it is fantastic. You have to hear it. Uh, and I love it. And I'm like, oh, we should do that for the NBA. So we have sort of a stripped down version because yours is a bit more involved. You got a lot more discussion and people on it. But it's a bit of a stripped down version. Yep. It's a little stripped down. We're doing this a little earlier, too. But the idea is we wanted to have a little fun. We have a lot of shows planned. So timing this yeah. could be sometimes difficult. Um, summer season. Summer season has started. So basketball's in the air. Yeah, WNBA is going. Aces are killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so here we go. So 
We're going to start off with the East. So we did our picks. Now, we don't know any of these because it's cold. Right. Uh, then we got the over-unders. And for the over-unders, just so people know, the line we used is the DraftKings line because they had most of the teams on the board and some people didn't have teams on the board because of potential trades and stuff. Yeah. All right. Not my number 10 team in the East Coop, which the East is not looking great. Right. Uh, um, number 10, I have in the play-in the Raptors. And my notes under the Raptors are the East is weak, and I had to pick someone. The East is definitely it's the, top heavy, but it's the, weak. Yeah. yeah. So I got the Raptors. You have the Raptors on your. 10 I don't have. I do not have the Raptors. I have the Raptors completely out of it this year. I don't Ooh. know. I, I Dave. I I don't know who this coach is. They brought in. There was some like big name coaches they could have brought know. in. They they bring in this guy. Who is he? Um. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. As much as I was not a Nick Nurse guy, we'll get to him later. Um. Yeah. Uh, oh I, yeah, your I, guy. Yeah, yeah, he came from there, but I mean, guys still won an NBA title, and you, you bring in who? Um, well, so, I, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I had to pick someone. I don't have a lot of faith in the other ones. Yeah. So who's your number ten? Orlando. I think Orlando's oh. starting to make a little bit of a move. Uh, you know, they had a little bit. Of, I think they had a good second half, even though they lost their last four games of the year last year. I thought they had a yeah. pretty good second half, and. Uh, I think Orlando is definitely ready to uh, take a step uh, into uh, a playing. Uh, and again, it's probably going to take 30. It may take 36 to 40 wins to get into the play in series. So I'm mm. not saying they're going to be over 500 by any means. But but um, I will say, yeah, I'm going to go Orlando at number 10. Well, something Orlando is doing something because I have him at seven. I have him out of the play. I have him missing the play in entirely, Coop. I, oh, put, wow. I put Orlando at seven. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I I just like, so you got Bancaro, Suggs, and Fultz. Um, I like Paolo Bancaro a lot. He's on the U.S. team, I believe. Um, so maybe looking for him to make a big push. I don't know. I, I don't think the East is that strong. Like, like Coop was saying, I totally believe, like, the East is very top-heavy and then nothing else, really. So I think if they get a bit of a run on, they can, you know, look into some of the other teams. I think they can get. I think they can get their coop. I mean, it's a big jump, but I have faith. So I, I had Magic at seven actually. Oh wow, I'm a big. But you know, I could just be. I could. You have just the be magic. Like heart. You have the magic the... heart. You have the magic higher than me. Yeah, higher, higher. But again, I, have, I, I, have I a, think it... this. I think this would be a log jam. That's what I'm saying with that. Yeah, I mean. Really, any for me on my list, anything after number four is kind of a grab bag. But yeah, um, so I'll be interested. So, ooh, so we already. Ha I'll be interested if Coop has. I, I just gotta have this team on. Oh, maybe not. I have at nine. I have the Pacers. So, uh, oh, we have we're 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 in agreement on the nines. That's what I had. All right. Okay. So I like they got Toppin, Halliburton. Uh, they picked up Brown for Denver. I think they may be a year off from being higher. I mean, I, I, I look at their players, Coop, and there's no real star, but there's a lot of, like, really good players. Like You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't think they can go that high. Like, Halliburton, Toppin, and Brown, they're more good players playing next to stars as opposed to stars in their own right. So I don't see them really taking off. But I think in a, in a weaker... Uh, conference they could do they can at least get in the top ten. Yeah, 
What do you think, Coop? No, I agree with you. That's what I say. And look, look what happened with Miami last year. Um, Yeah. They actually were the seven team. They dropped dropped the first playing game thing, giving Atlanta the seventh seed. And then they have to do the game. It was against Chicago to get in. And then look at the run they made. The planes become yeah. it's not a joke anymore. Is what I'm saying. You had a Miami, you had a team that went from the, a one game elimination in the playing game to an NBA final. This is that's why I think Adam Silver, brilliant move what he did here with the playing playing. Playing, I think, has been the best thing to happen. It's it's made these playoffs a lot more interesting right now, especially with these teams that you know used to be maybe they get swept in five games, swept or losing five games. Now it's yeah. a lot more intriguing. Yeah. Again. Yeah. No, I agree. That's good. It, yeah, and and like Lakers came out of the play-in. Play-in hasn't has been uh, pretty good this year. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we we agreed on nine. Yep. Uh, where what's your number eight then? Oh, uh, my number eight's the Bulls. Oh, we have the exact number eight. Yep. So we're at number eight. I think I don't think the Bulls have necessarily taken a step to climb into the top six, but uh, no. I don't think they're going to lose any ground this year. Um. I, I do wonder if uh Billy Donovan will keep his job after this year's coach because yeah. he just really hasn't moved the needle enough. But um, no. you know, again, if he gets into that seven eight game, like I said, anything can happen. So I have I have him at eight, yeah. No, I have him exactly at eight as well. Um this is assuming that Levine stays there. Like I think he's making grumblings that he wants out, but you got Levine DeRozan, like there's still good players to, you know. In a, in a game where one or two players can make a bit a lot of difference, they still got two really good players, so I don't see them dropping off a table. Um, I I agree with you, Coop. You make a great point about Donovan. There's sort of been this sort of like bottom middle of the pack forever, it seems, and they can't get out of it. Like they can't. So I don't know if you need to get rid of him and just blow the thing up, or I don't know what, but they seem stuck. To me. I thought he did a good job in OKC too. Um, yes, he did. He did, and then you know he lost players, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know what the where the Bulls go from here either. I just think like you know they were forty and forty two last year. Maybe they'll again. This is kind of where they're going to land again this year. They just yeah. haven't done anything to kind of go to an elite level of a team. No. Yeah. Um. We had and a lot. My... A lot could change. Guys could get hurt or whatever, yeah. so and trades could happen. So these could change. Keep that in mind. But we're just going by what we know now. Yeah. So I, I my number seven was the magic that we had talked about. So do you have a number seven coop? What's your uh, the Hawks? Oh, they're not on my board at all. See, I think the Hawks are a team to watch, and and they brought wow. in Quinn Snyder as the head coach last year. Um, mm-hmm. I I like the Hawks. They were the, they were an eight team last year. Um, I think yep. they are the one of these teams that. Could um could sneak into the top six, the top six. Yep. So uh, but yep. yeah, I like the Hawks. Um, I like wow. the Hawks. Um, so they need a little more. Um, they need some improvements on defense, is what I'll say. That's the one that has mm-hmm. been there. Uh, that was their Achilles heel last year. Um, with McMillan and now with Snyder, but we'll see. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so, um, so I so yeah, that's the prize. That's the first one we that you don't have them at all. So interesting. I don't have them at all. I. I, I just find it so hard to trust Young for me. Like I, mean, I know I understand. He killed us a couple years some, ago in the playoffs. So. Sometimes he's just like unbeatable and like winning games single handedly, and other times you can't find him with a searchlight. Yeah. So like I don't know. 
it kind of seems like he plays based on if he's feeling comfortable with the organization. If he doesn't, he sort of takes it. I, I, so he's just too volatile for me. Yep. Um, but no, but yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how they go. They're very big wild card. Um, ooh, number six, Coop. Number six, I have the Knicks at six. Um, I I think, I think they may have maxed out on their talent, but I like Randall. He's a bit unreliable. Um, the coach, you know, he knows how to like, he knows how to get teams into the playoffs once they get there. Uh, Tibbs sort of runs them down, but I don't know. I, I the Knicks had a good year last year. I think they're kind of roughly the same, so I have them at. You know they're going to play hard in the regular season, so I have them at six. The Knicks. I don't see. I didn't know if they. I mean, this is barring them making any big moves or anything, but I have them at six. I have them at six as well. Get, oh, nice. Yeah, I have them at six as well. All the same reasons. Uh, you have. I do think they. You know, they do need some. I think they need a to upgrade the talent from from what they have mm-hmm. to get to get better. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that you can make you'll build that team around Randall for sure. No, I think I, I think that. I think they are. You know, it, it took them a decade to clean up the cap problems of the previous regime and stuff. Mm. So, you know, it seems like they've gotten that. You know, now they're, they're looking at. You know, I mean, there's potentially they are looking at Embiid. Uh, I don't think yeah. you're gonna get Embiid. I don't think the Sixers trade Embiid. Uh, no, you can't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I will definitely. Um, I have them at six, and I I would put them, and we're gonna do over unders. So, but but again, I don't have them as a fifty win team either. No, no, I I don't have a lot of fifty win teams to be honest. Um, yeah, no, we we do our over unders. Who's your number five, Coop? The Sixers. Oh, whoa! Woo-hoo! I don't see this team has done anything to get better from last year. Okay, and there yeah, are teams true. ahead of them that have gotten better. And they could lose. I think if they lose Harden, it's not going to be they fall out of the top six. Maybe they fall behind. No. But I have not seen them do anything to get better. Our 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 team is built on a very fragile base, with, and that's yes. Joel Embiid. He still gets hurt yes. a lot. I don't think he can count yes. on him for eighty-two games. Um, I I have I have my reservations about Nick Nurse. Um, and I don't know how he's gonna. I don't know how this team responds to him. Uh, I'm giving Nick Nurse a fair chance here, but I just, mm. I mean, they have not, it, it, when your team like gets bounced, like the Sixers got that, it, that is, a, mm. like, this is cries mm. to make changes. And I know it's hard to make changes in the NBA. Like look at the Yankees in baseball. They, they didn't make changes and then it's falling apart for them right now. And, that, and that's what I, yeah. so I don't see this. I, there's nothing to say to me. The Sixers have gotten better than a three seed here, so I, I I hope I'm wrong on this one. Man, I have I have the Sixers at four. Okay. Um, because like you said, I agree with you, Coop. If anything, they've gotten worse. Because yeah. Yang is gone, and he he shot a lot of like key three pointers for them. Yep. He's gone. Um. Now I love Matisse Thybul because he helped us get the bronze medal for Australia, but. Yep. They, they got rid of Matisse Thibel, and you saw in the playoffs how that hurt their perimeter defense, Coop, like people trying to guard yep. wings or anything. Yep. They, didn't, they didn't bring him back. Their, their defense, 
they haven't brought back. I mean, they still got Maxi, I guess. Defense is shaky. Even if Harden comes back, like his defense is a bit shaky. So, and and just in my note is that, like you said, Coop, which is a good point. Like Embiid can't do everything. No, like he can't. You know. So, I I, I have him at four mainly because. I find the rest of the conference not that strong and a very strong top three. Yep. But you're right. Like, there's a potential coup not to, you know, put doom and gloom on your squad, but there's a potential they could fall off a table. They really. could. They could. They could. You know, they played well when, when their starters were hurt last year, though. That's yes. the one. And that, that's, but that was, that's what Doc really came in. And that's, I don't know if Nick Nurse could get this. Doc got a lot out of those guys when they got hurt, but. I don't know. That's yeah. a that's a question mark about Nick Nurse now. So we're gonna have to see. So my number five, I have the Cavs. At okay. Number five. Okay. They're my three. They were my three. Yep. So they got they still got Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if they're gonna trade him or not. I think it's they're trying to decide whether to re-sign him or trade him. I don't really know where that's at. Uh, they had a surprise year last year, so I don't think they'll be much. Better than last year, but I see them better than the other teams I have in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I have them at I have them at five. So I have them at three. Mm. So I have them at three. They are a hell Ooh, of a defensive. Yeah. They are a hell of a defensive team. They had some of the they yeah. played some of the best defense in the NBA last year. Uh, and I I like again. I think they could. I don't know if they've made any moves per se to get better. But they certainly no. are not losing anything. Um, so uh, yeah, I have them at. I like that. I like this Cleveland team a lot this year. I know the Knicks Ooh. kind of stomped them out last year, but I think this team also is going to be a year more mature uh, w- with them. So I'm pretty excited uh, to see what what they're going to do. But like I said I love I love the defense they they play. Uh, you know Donovan Mitchell, Garland's on Garland's a very underrated player, by mm. the way. You know, you look at Garland, he's extremely underrated. So, uh, you know, just a guy who does a lot on the court. So uh, I think Garland could step up this year. You're not going to like my over-unders. But, uh, that's okay. You may not like mine. That's what's, they're hard, though. Just... Uh, so, yeah, so that, so we had four. I had the 76ers. Who do you have it for? Was that was that the Cavs right there? Or no, was, I had the Cavs four? at three. I have the Cavs at three. Three. Okay, who's yeah. your four? Uh, my four is, is the Miami Heat, but if they get Lillard, uh, it's going to move up. But I'm going. Yeah, I. Yeah. Yeah, we flip flop there because I have the Heat at three. Yep. And then, yeah, Lillard could make or break if, the team. If Lillard, if Lillard comes in, the whole East is going to be. that. That's a guy who's going to make it. I mean, you put him on a team with Jimmy Butler, but he's not there. Yet, oh, yeah. right? I, I can't put yeah. I can't put him there. Like if I said, you know, I just can't. But I think Miami. uh Look, experienced playoff team. They've been in a lot. They've had a lot of playoff experience. Jimmy Butler is a team that he can carry that team even without Lillard. Uh, I think they were. I, I I was telling that guy, fake Allen Rubin, who's a huge Heat fan. I said to him, I thought the Heat were were playing better uh, in the second half, and they were a team to watch. And he was he was he's like, oh, they need to tank, right? No, they they got they no, got some legitimate was, talent. Yeah. Um, and I thought, and and this is, I'll say this. I don't know. Is, I don't know if Kevin Love is resigning with them or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think Kevin Love, what he contributed to that team mm-hmm. last year, um, was more, um, was, 
he contributed more like leadership and intangibles uh being in that being on that um you know being on that uh bench i think was very key uh and i think he was that had a big effect on some of the younger guys on on the Miami Heat so certainly uh i think i I understand they probably may not be able to bring Kevin Love back because of um, it's costly. Obviously, it's not going to be cheap to have him. And, yeah. But but you know, I think they benefited from him last year with that. I wanted the Sixers to get him in the worst way, and again, yeah. it was more for I, having him on the bench, just mm, mentorship and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I had the Heat at three. Uh, you got Lillard. I mean, the only thing that might not have him by the time the playoffs hit is a third seed. Is that they they tend to slow roll the the regular season to kind of gear up for the playoffs. So they may be like f- five or six because they've been you know resting people whatever and gear up. So that but I think they're like if you're looking at power rankings, I think they're the third best team. Yeah, agree. Um. So you have you have a you have your three left. Is that right? Yeah, my three was the Cavs. So I had the Cavs. Okay, three. yeah. So I'm gonna go my number two here, Coop. I have I think, the Celtics, well, and I have two. the Celtics at two as well. Because they lost, they lost Smart, which I think is gonna be a big. I that was a. They have Porzingis, but like, you don't really know what he's gonna be. Like he played well, but it was on a bad team. I mean, you still have Brown and Tatum, but like, I think Smart was key to that team. I don't like his loss. I. I mean, I just put him at two because on paper they should be up there, but like I wouldn't be surprised if they. He drop. went to Memphis, and that was a I thought a great move for Memphis. By the way, great move for Memphis, yeah, because they needed some insurance. So uh, I think it was, a, but I think they'll, you know, they gave they just gave that contract though to um. They give the, why am I drawing a blank? Who they give the contract? Right at the top of my boy, I'm getting old, guys. They got they got Brown, they got Tatum, Przingis. They gave it. They gave one to Brown. Is it Brown? Brown? Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't Tatum, was it? What, what, guys? I apologize, here. I'm just getting old. That's it. <laughs> uh, Jalen Brown, yes, they gave it to Jalen Brown. Thank you, Richard. I mean, but it's um, yeah. And that contract's gonna be uh, that's a big. That was a five year extension. That's gonna be topped. I'll just tell you that. So just yeah. people need to get relaxed on that. Man, I don't know. Porzingis is the wild card. He's the wild. I'm not a big. I'm not a big Porzingis fan. Um, no. You know, I think I think Sam Cassell going there as an assistant coach is mm-hmm. a key move because there are questions about about Missoula as the coach. I think, yeah. But but they gave him a very experienced assistant coach in Sam Cassell mm-hmm. who can mentor him, um, and step in if he needs to step in. So I think that will. I think they'll have a better coaching staff this year. You know, last year Missoula didn't know he was going to be the head coach going into the year, and he, and he had a great run with them to the conference final. But uh, I think this year will be a little different. And uh, the Celtics have to get off to if, if Celtics get out of the gate like at six and six, it's not going to look good. They got to get ten and two. They're going to look good. So, oh yeah, yeah. And number one, I got the Bucks. I got the Just, Bucks. Too. They're running. They're running it back. Really, what hurt him in the playoffs is that injury to Giannis. I mean, they yeah. had what, like fifty-eight wins or something. So I yeah. don't see that changing. I, I don't either. And you know, they—they're a guy who they brought in a very young coach, uh, and they brought in. He was an assistant with the Raptors, assistant, yeah. um, and Adrian Griffin. 
NBA teams have a lot of success when a first-year coach goes into a situation like Milwaukee. They tend to well, do Celtics last year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, but but I look at guys over the years who have kind of gone in as a first-time coach, and they just they just seem to do well in those scenarios. So um, I think there's no reason why Griffin can't do well, assuming you have a a healthy uh, you have a healthy uh, Giannis, and that's that's that is your whole key right there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is your whole key. If you don't if you don't have that, um, you know, um, and and then also you know. They they shored up Chris Middleton, so Chris Middleton's you got your yeah. one two guys there. So you got yeah. Middleton and Giannis, you know you're good. And yeah, basically, yeah. Griffin's job is not to screw this up right now. <laughs> Basic, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got we're now we're moving to the West. Yeah, the West. Uh who's your who's your number ten here, Coop? Well, I got to just uh, for Ben Lee, who's a uh, Cajun boy. Happy birthday to Ben. When we're recording this today, oh, happy birthday. it's also two year anniversary of the smoking syndicate today. So happy, happy two year anniversary. Oh God, uh, look at Ben. Yeah, Ben. Uh, he's having a great weekend with his family. Great uh, show, vacation. by the way. Smoking syndicate. Smoking yeah, syndicate he really, fantastic. his review. Yeah, we have to get Ben on this show. Like we're overdue to have that, but we'll make that happen. Summers are tough for him to get. I know that. But Pelicans at number 10. Uh, Whoa. Pel- board. Now, I think if they can get rid of what's his name, it's probably going to be a. Di- uh, uh, by subtraction, yeah. I think they need to get rid of Zion. <laughs> well, it's, it's subtraction by subtraction. Like he's only played like, you know, he's not played at all. I was never look. I'm not trying because again, I didn't want. I don't have any will on Zion. I just never saw him as like this this next great guy. Um, even when he was at Duke, um, he gets injured, man. He gets injured. Um, but um, but yeah, I uh. I am going to go um I'm going Pelicans but again I think this is one where they'll 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 I think they can get the 40 wins. You know there there's a log jam at the bottom also in the in the um yeah in the west but the difference is it's west. a little more top heavy. What west is pretty is pretty stacked. Yeah, especially um, when you get into those top top I think we're going to have big differences in the west me and you. I think we yeah. you and I going to have some big uh, differences in the west. Well, we already do because I don't have the Pelicans on at all. I just don't know what the team is. But I, but I can, I guess. Okay, I'm curious to see who your ten is then. I had Utah at ten. Good. You know, I thought about it. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. I almost. I, I like Walker Kessler. Is really really good. Um, the Utah seems to have this thing, Cooper. They do well in the regular season and then just flame out in the playoffs. That's uh, for years. I mean, even when the Malone Stockton days, that was the case. Yeah. So I mean they'll probably put, they'll put together a representative regular season, but I, I mean, don't know why yeah, they broke that team up a few years ago. They had a good team about three years ago. I don't know why oh, they broke yeah. it up with they Donovan were, Mitchell and everything. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what they, I don't know. What, I mean, are they becoming a small market team? I don't know, but it was, I think I think he wanted out because he's yeah. like, well, this ain't going anywhere. But, um, they, but yeah, they 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 yeah. that was a big loss for them. So do you have Utah on your board anywhere? I do not have Utah on there. Ooh, look at us. Okay, next, what's your nine? All right, this one's going to surprise everyone. Clippers. Whoa! I am not high on the Clippers. I am just not high on them. I think they're going in the wrong direction. Uh, I just don't see anything that they've done to really uh, wow me that they can get better. Um, You know, 
that they they don't know what they're gonna do with Leonard, right? So the Leonard thing yeah. is, they've stalled those talks right now. They're trying to get James Harden. That will not help them. James Harden will kill no. your franchise like he will kill. Uh, um, I've heard the Clippers are trying to get Donovan Mitchell. Uh, the Cavs would absolutely if the Cavs trade Donovan Mitchell, they should have their head well, they, examined. Yeah, yeah. Um, they need the Clippers need to get rid of some of the salary. They need to give ring, you know, so I can see them being sellers at the trade deadline this year. There's nothing that the Clippers could do to to convince me. Otherwise, they're 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 a nine. They're not on my board, not on my board. So, so you're not high on the either. You're not high on the either. No, no. You're, you're, you're I mean, being I'm not a big, me on this. I'm not a big Paul George fan. No, I don't see it with him. Yeah. Lillard. Is either getting, he's, he's when he plays, he's generally good, but most of the time now he's either injured or getting load managed. So I don't know. That experiment just hasn't worked. It just Let, hasn't Let, worked. Yeah. It, it's, you know, and I, I, I like the coach. I like Ty Lu. I think he's a good coach, but, uh, but it just yeah, it hasn't he's, worked. Those players just haven't worked. Just hasn't this, worked. That's, that, that's a team that needs to do what Utah did a few years ago. They need to get rid of, they, I wouldn't extend Leonard. I wouldn't extend Leonard. No. I don't think – I think you need to bring in – I try to trade him and get something for him. So, yeah, I don't have him on the board at all just because, yeah. like, I don't – I'm with you, Coop. Um, number nine, I have the Mavs at nine. Okay. Just – I don't see Kyrie working with that team. But he and Luca are good enough that they'll still win. But they're so thin. Like once you get past that, like I, I don't see him doing a whole lot. I don't think those two work well together, but they're good enough that they could get him, like at least into a play-in. Yeah, I think. I had, but by the way, I have Dallas at eight. Yeah, so we're I not have, too far off. We're not too far off with that. Agree with you. Uh, Irving's another uh, team that kills 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 teams, kills a lot. That's the thing, and he's so good, and it's he's like so it, he just can't. I don't know what it is. You know, go back to the Nets a few years ago. They had Irving and Harden, and they couldn't. Oh, they couldn't do crap in the playoffs. I mean, it, it was <laughs> Durant. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is going? What that team is imploded. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, what's who's your nine then? If you have them at eight. Uh, my nine was the Clippers. Hmm. So I have, I have Pelicans at ten. Oh, yeah, I have Pelicans at ten. Yep. Clippers at nine. Mavericks at eight. Mavs at eight. Yeah, my eight is the Timberwolves. I have them out. I don't have them on the board. Oh, nice. Okay, I'm sorry to how about that cigar guys. I don't have them on the board. I love Anthony Edwards. He's extremely good. I have no faith in the rest of the team. I have that. I have no. That's probably I, what I would say. I think Anthony Edwards is phenomenal, and he's going to be on the U.S. team, and he's great. Right. Uh. But it's like they're trying to make this thing work with Cat and Gobert in a league where you don't play two bigs at the same time. And one of them is injured, and one of them can't play offense. And yeah. so I don't know what they're doing. And if Gobert's defense went down last year, so it's like, well, if he's not playing really good defense, I don't know why you have him. I just yeah. don't – I see this team getting carried by Anthony Edwards and just getting into the play-in again and then maybe winning and then maybe losing again. They gotta yeah. get rid of either Gobert or Cat. They gotta get rid of one of them. They gotta. I agree. I think. Yep. Cat. Cat's a cat's a hell of a. You know. He, I. I don't see he's, he's a very good yeah. player. He's a very. He's a talent. I mean, you could get some value for him. 
I, they got to get rid of one of them because trying to play them both together, I don't think is going to work. Right. I don't still think they're a serious team. But I think with Anthony Edwards alone, they can get into the to the to the eighth spot. Yep. And you were like, you just you, so so is it the same thing? You just don't believe in Gobert and don't believe in them. I don't believe in their coach. I think their coach is they need a they they oh, yep. not a well coached team. They you know they look so sloppy against the Lakers in that playoff game last year. They just they just you know they seem content to be like a forty win team. Yeah. They, they, you know, you, again, you have to look at this. And it's hard to make roster moves in the NBA. I get it because of the cap. It's very hard. But, but you, you got to look. This ain't working. Is what I'm just gonna say. You know what? You know what? They remind me of Coop. It's sort of like the Grizzlies in the sense that I get the feeling for the Timberwolves that they believe they've won more than they have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like they already think they're a great team and they've made it, and they haven't even won like a playoff series. Yep. Yep. They really like themselves a lot. Yep. Which is a problem. Yep. Uh, so who do you have at eight then if they weren't on the board for you? Or you? So I had, I had again, I had a, and we'll recap all this one. Pelicans at 10, Clippers at nine. Yep. I had the Mavs at eight. And I had and seven. So seven is the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, I you're going to, okay. I think they've taken some step. I, I like the way they played in the second half of the season last year. Uh, I, I think they did a nice job. Uh, I think that team is slowly improving. There's, there's some nice young talent on that team. Um, so I, I am very much thinking that I don't think they're a top six team yet by any means, but certainly I would say, um, something that, um, they can build on. They were last year. They finished. I just want to look at where they finished last year in the standings. I have they that. went playing last year. They got, they got into the playing. We had, was, I think they were 10 last year yep. when they got in the play Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were the 10 and they won a playing game. So, uh, they, they really, uh, they, they, they really improved. They had a good second half last year. Uh, need to improve on defense. That's why I'm not gonna, ready to say they're, they were going to put them, uh, at, um, I'm not ready to put them in the top six yet. I have them at number three. That's a trendy pick, though. <laughs> so I think I know some of your over-unders now. But, yeah, that's <laughs> um, so I, I think they got to improve on defense to get the number three. That's yes. my opinion. Yeah. Well, the so is- I, I, I really like Shea Gillis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Australian boy. Um, Chet Holmgren's coming back. Because he had all year lost off yep. last year. Yep. So he might help with a little bit of defense. I In my notes, I say I might be a year off. Right? So I might be putting the – they might still be a year away from this. Because they are a young team as well. Yeah. So I might be, like, overestimating. And they might be a three, like, next year. Like you said, they show up the defense, get some other people in there. But the potential is huge with this team. I oh, I, 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 I said the way they played in the second half of the season last year, uh, really impressed me. Um, you know, and uh, you know, obviously Shea is is a guy who I think they need that. They need. I mean, Josh Giddy's nice, a nice player as a number two. I think they they could use a little more. They could use a veteran on that team right now. They could. But, I agree but, with that. But Shea is going to be. I mean, this is a potential MVP guy down the road, is what we're looking at. Oh yeah. If this team, if Dave, if they go number three, he might be a challenge for the MVP. He's a hell of a player, this guy. Uh, um, so I'd watch that. 
Uh, you know, like I said, Giddy's great on on the on the boards for them, but they just yeah. they need more help defense. They need more help defensively. That team. I think that's where it Chet Holmgren, what he is now. It's it's like his rookie year. Yeah. Because he was he got injured in summer league last year. Yeah. But hopefully he brings that defensive piece. But as a you know, they're so young that there's potential for great upside, but there's also yeah. potential that they're ten again. So yeah. you don't really know. Dave, I got breaking news. We got a breaking news in the world of sports. The Mets have a have reportedly traded Max Scherzer to the Texas Rangers. Oh, I I have not seen Hector. What reaction. happened? What happened to the Mets? They collapsed. <laughs> the, oh wow, man. wow! I mean, if that is that, that is the report, Bears Bears sent it to me. I'm seeing it show up on my Yahoo dashboard as I'm looking at the NBA stuff here. So you're gonna I, see I, it, I you're gonna see it showing up on your phone from Hector. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Hector is doing an event, and I know in Kentucky. So, uh, but I'm sure we'll get a reaction from it. But this is breaking news. Uh, I if you listen, it's Monday, and the trades already happened. Just remember, we're recording this, and as I recorded this, I just saw this come through. So nice. Wow. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt wow. you, but I, I thought that was a enough of hey. a break. Yeah. Break it. Yeah. So I, I think I think we're higher that Oklahoma City is going to be a better team. You have them much higher than I do, though. Well, I'm I'm I just drink the drink the Kool Aid on that roster. No, that's all right. Well, it's um. So then, so yeah, that so, so my you're, you're seven, seven, yeah, is the Grizzlies. I this is a tough one, I just, Dave. Morant. I don't key, know. It's the whole key thing, um, is Jay Morant here. I mean, smart is so. I think so. They added smart, and they also yeah. added uh, Derek Rose, right? I, I, Rose I like. Is, the, I like, and again, this is a team that made some moves here. But I just they the one guy is going to be the whole X factor here. That's the thing. So Rose's job isn't to play at all, really. I mean, his job really is to make sure Josh stops getting in trouble. Yeah. So he's electric when he's on the court. Absolutely. The problem is he's doing a lot of stuff to keep himself off the court. And as a team, I believe that they think they've done a lot more than they have. And they're a bit too arrogant. And it gets them in trouble, Coop, in the playoffs. Yeah. It gets them in trouble. I, I'm, um, not, I'm not a big fan of the coach either. Um, yeah. Uh, Dave, this is this is one. This is the toughest one. And I, I, I'll i talk about where I have them in a bit. But um, they so could I guess be I'm one believing or they that... could be one or seven. That's how I, I, I can't. They, they, you know, if, if everything works, this they yes. could have made the biggest move in the West. But I'm being very I'm not conservative on them. Yeah. yeah. I'm being very conservative. But my I do have some faith that they've made these moves to bring in Rose and Smart. To, because my faith is like as a team, they know that they have to like pull it together. And so they're addressing the issue as instead of like, oh, there's no problem here. We'll just run it back or whatever. So I hope those moves should help. Like they both have very good mentalities. Like Smart is like, you know, really hardworking, great on defense. Like they both have mentalities that that team needs, so you hope you hope that they can influence Ja and he can pull it together. Um, that's the hope. Yeah, but it's just like you said, it's just hard to know. Like he's so unpredictable. Like you don't know. Yep. Um. Uh, I want to mention if where they can pull it yeah. together. Yeah, I agree. you yep. want to mention where I have them, or where? wait, yeah, should I wait or say where, where I have them? Where do you have them? 
Oh, you want me to mention it, or do you want me to wait? Oh no, you mentioned where you got them because yeah, I'm at five. I'm at it. five. So I just okay. So I just took I took a middle high. ground here with this. It's all I did. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I think that's smart because you don't know, do you? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think they're a playoff team, but the potential is amazing. Oh, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah. But they have they have issues, and this is I think this is the team that that lacks. I mean, this is why I'm very critical of Jenkins as a coach. How this is your coach needs mm. to be much more on top of of your star player. And I'm sorry, I know sometimes it's hard to control your star player, but I mean, if this is if this was like Greg Popovich in there, Pat yeah, yeah, Riley, yeah, yeah. I mean, this would not be. I mean, he'd be off the team, is what I'm saying. There'd be disciplinary things happening before this. So that's why yeah. I'm like, I just think there's a lack of discipline on that team. But this ta- the talent is there, and Jay Morant yeah. is as good a talent as there is in the NBA. Oh, I, yeah, he's yeah. a very exciting player to watch. Uh, he's just strong. And hopefully, he's saying all the right things. He's going to be out for that those first twenty games. If Memphis gets Ooh. out like to nine and eleven, you know it's not going to look good. I'm saying uh, no. Yeah. So I mean, all I can do is hope for that yep. team. So yep. then, so then, who is your who is uh, who do you have next? Then uh, at six, I have Golden State. Uh, oh, I, I have them at five, so we're pretty close. Yeah, but we're pretty close. I think this is the. I think the run is about coming to an end. It's been a decade yeah. long run. Uh, yeah. you know. You still have Steph Curry, but this team's older. Uh, I think I think they when they won the title two years ago, uh, it was a real testament that they 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 had one more run in them, and I think that I always felt that was the run. Uh, they they seem to have hangover last year. Um, yeah. but I I just think this team's getting older right now. Um, they they they're defense they're not the defensive team they were during their heyday. They could still score, yes, but you know they gave up 117 points a game last year. You know, so they, you know that's not what that's not what those championship warrior teams were about. So no, um, you know, look, you got to get you know, you, and look, they remember they they who did they the guy they drafted uh the the kid James um what's that guy's name the guy they drafted at number two never panned out. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they yeah. trade him? Yeah, they traded him. Yeah. Oh but, yeah, I mean yeah. You don't want to burn that pick, do you? James Wiseman. James Wiseman never. Yeah, so, Wiseman. So yeah. when they when they had because they got bad because of the injuries, right? They they mm. bring Wiseman in and you think that would set them up and and no. it didn't and you they, so it's like a wasted pick. This is a guy who just never worked, so they never were able to kind of start to build that younger foundation with that team. Mm. Uh, great look, great their dynasty level team for sure. Uh, and but I think they're getting ready to rebuild. I think there's gonna have to be some reconstruction going on there. No, I mean I had him at five. Yep. And it's it's really I mean I agree with everything you said. I just love Steph Curry. Yep. A lot. Yep. So I had him. I'm like I just can't I just can't see a team with Steph Curry finishing like nine or ten. But yeah, I think this is it. They're just too old. I, mean, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, but so we're not too far off. Uh. No. Number six, I have for the very same reason. I have the Lakers at six. For the same reason that you have the Warriors there. Okay. So, I, just think I just think they're too old. Uh, I mean. Uh, okay. I have them much you higher. Got, you got LeBron and AD, and they're both like one turned ankle away from being out for, you know. When they're both on the court and healthy, they're amazing. Like AD is phenomenal, and they made a great run, but I just worry about the health of those two star players. 
Um, so I have them at I have them at six, which is finishing better than they did in the regular season last season. But um, I just don't think I just don't think health wise they can uh, they can keep it together. Personally, AD and LeBron. I I, I get that. Uh, I have them at three. Ooh. I love D'Angelo Russell. I think D'Angelo Russell, I think, is the key guy on this team. Because when D'Angelo, when they have that, when they have LeBron and assuming that LeBron and Davis are healthy, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. When D'Angelo Russell's on his game, that team, that, that team wins. Oh, yeah. Because you got everything. You got LeBron can create and score if he needs to. You got 80 to handle d- defense. And then if D'Lo just hangs out yeah. and gets kickouts and starts hit hit shots. They're hard to stop. No, you're, now, I agree. They lost Schroeder. I thought that was a, yeah. that's a, that's a it, that's the one thing I'm a little worried about them losing Schroeder. I think he was a nice player for him. He went to Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that's uh he was a nice player for them during the run last year. Uh so it will be interesting to see how how uh how that team responds to him on that. Um and but uh, I'm not sure. You know, again, the uh you know they lost Russell Westbrook, right? To the Clippers, mm. that was mm. uh, addition by subtraction. Addition by subtraction. Yes, <laughs> you know, they need they didn't need it. So uh, I think they could still bring in someone midseason, maybe for LeBron James. Uh, and look, I'm gonna say this: could could people stop with the LeBron Jordan stuff? It's the Jordan oh, people. Yeah. That, by the way, it's all the Jordan people that do this. Not the look. <laughs> look yeah. Stop! Stop! It's it's no one's no one's trying. The only people who are trying to compare LeBron to Jordan are the Jordan people. It's not the LeBron yeah, people, yeah, yeah. I, you know, and I'm a, I'm a fan of LeBron. I, I wanted him to go to Sixers, but I, I'm glad he's going back to the Lakers. So, and I, and look, I pray for his son too, by the way, it's a set. Oh, you yeah, know, that's, it, that's really, I mean, and that could affect him going into the season. So, uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick that the kid's going to be okay. And that's going to motivate LeBron is what I'm going to kind of, I'm going to go positive with this. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, my thing is just health. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. So who's your next one? So I had the Lakers there. Who is your next? Um, three. So I am at. Uh, so I had, I had Memphis at five. Yep. Uh, Sacramento is my four. Yep. He they're they're there for me as well. Um, I'm not a big Mike Brown believer as a coach, but he did a great. No doubt, he did the best. Oh yeah. Coach. Um, I think the I don't know if they are ready to say they're ready to take a step to being a um a contender for the title. Uh, but what I will say is I think they are, this is a team that certainly is a playoff team uh, for sure. Uh, with mm. that, uh, they, again, I, I, I look at defense a lot. They were a horrible defensive team. last year. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I mean, they were in those shootout games uh, all the play, but they were, the, they were like one of the best scoring teams in the league. Uh, and, you know, you look at their, you know, again, you have a, uh, Fox and Sabonis, man, um, that that's that's uh really you know that's really good. You know, Harrison Barnes has been a guy, you know, uh, a guy who's been around for a while. Uh, you know, he's kind of bounced around, but he seems to have found a home in Sacramento. Um, you know, so I think I'm going to say that Brown and Proof they'll play better defense this year. They won't have to get into these shootout type of games. Uh, but I think four is where I'd put them right now. Yeah, I'd have been four too. I agree with what you said. I think they have a fun and exciting roster. I really like Sabonis fun team, really fun team to watch are the Kings. They really fun have become, team to watch. Yeah, I I just don't have trust with them in the playoffs. But 
this is no. I'm not picking them in the playoffs. I'm if, picking if them, they have, I think yeah. they can go fourth. No, I'm interested because if they if it goes away, I said they'll play Memphis in the playoffs. That that will oh, be that would, one of the most entertaining series, by the way. If everyone's be, healthy, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's. But I agree. I think they. I don't know if they're built for the playoffs either. You can't. You can't. You can't yeah. run and gun in in the NBA playoffs. You no. have to play defense in the playoffs. So no. Yeah. Um, and so we we both had different threes that we've already talked about. Yep, I have the Lakers. Um, you have the, uh, yeah, the Thunder. The Thunder. Yep. So our, our one twos, who's, I think, are going to be the same. How we have it for, for now? Who's your Who's your number two? Suns. Yep. So do I. Suns, um. Yeah. The, last year was a mess. They had some injuries. <laughs> they just didn't play to their potential. I think the playoffs bouncing at the Mavericks the year before had a big effect on that team. Um. I understand why they moved away from Monty Williams on this. I I love Frank Vogel, by the way. Uh, he's going to do a really good job. This will be a better Phoenix team than last year. This will, I think, oh, yeah. remind us. I don't think it'll be the 64-win Phoenix team, but this no. will be a better Phoenix team this year. I don't think any team wins 60 games. But, um, yeah, Something. I agree. Yeah. You got D- Booker and Durant figuring it out. Um, I think they can start it out. I love Booker. I'm a little His concerned. You know, Dur- I, I hope Durant could just, like, be the Durant in Golden State, not the Durant in New Jersey. That's right. Yeah, that's what you want. I, what holds me back a little bit, and I'm a bit concerned, is I don't know what Beal's going to do. And Aiton just seems to hate playing there. Yeah. So I don't know what they're going to – I don't know if they're going to turn it around, what Beal's going to provide. That's what holds me back a little are those two. I like the Beal – I love the Beal move. I thought that was a great – you know, that's – Oh, yeah. I'm just – like, how's he, how's he going to fit? I guess. How's he gonna fit? To, uh, yeah. This is where I think Frank Vogel is. Is he's got a lot of experience with things like this. Uh, this is where he's a very experienced coach. He's won an NBA title. You know, he got he got the Lakers to get a, You know, he got he got Lebr- he got you know he got LeBron. Yeah. Around. Well, him and LeBron it, got a ring together. Let's put it like that. If he could turn Aiton around, they're gonna be a really great team. Because if they could yeah. get him invested on offensive defense, they got a big man in the middle and the, and Booker and Durant and those guys running around. Like, it'll be really good. Yep. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go past the Nuggets, isn't it? For number one. Like, they don't have Brown, but they got Jokic and Murray. It's hard to go past them, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. Um, I think the one thing they may have um going against them is um what I will say is hangover. That's what they mm, got to just that's avoid. What I have to, yeah. Uh, hangover could be the one key thing. Uh, can they can they get another playoff run in them? Is is a is a big question. Uh, but you know they they got some firepower on that team. Porter Jr. Uh, nice yes. nice player. I mean, um, they got um, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Uh, Aaron Gordon. They got four. They got four guys who can put up points on that team. You know, uh, obviously Murray and and. Uh, and um, Jokovic, Jokic, uh, but yeah. but Jokic, excuse me. Uh, but also they play defense. I go back; they are a good defensive mm. team. And they, you know what I love about them, you know, I always, I always heard Bill Russell used to always say this: if you, you want to win the NBA, you got to play good defense and hit the outside shots, and they can hit those outside shots. They do that. I mean, they yeah. do. They do that, and that's what that was a key thing for them last year in the playoffs. Um, and that's why they have a ring right now. So, who do you have? In the finals, who's winning it all? Coop. Um, I have Milwaukee and Phoenix, and uh, Milwaukee wins it. We have exactly the same. 
Wow. I have Milwaukee and Phoenix as well. The replay I, with Milwaukee winning it. I think Milwaukee win. I think Milwaukee, like I said, that talent is really good. I think that Denver, if Denver and Phoenix go to the finals next year, it's going to be a seven-game war is what I'm going to tell you in, yeah. in the West. So, um, but I think Phoenix may be able to pull it out this year. Again, Denver, my question is, can they, I, I, again, Phoenix has got a lot of, ta- Phoenix has got talent right now. So, yeah, oh, yeah. But I would say, I'd say Milwaukee and six, I'm going to go with, with that. Yeah, I totally agree. Replay of uh, replay the last time they met. I I just didn't pick Denver Coop because it's just so hard to repeat in the NBA. Like you it, see it, teams it's, do it's it like hard. the Warriors, it's, but so rare. It's hard. It really is hard. Um, and there's so more. There's a bigger level of parity in the NBA now than there used used to be. Uh, there used to be a big difference in these teams. If you looked at the standings last year, like in the West, right? Um, it was amazing because the, uh, there was only, uh, there was only nine games separating the top six. So, you know, Denver had 53 wins. The Warriors had 44 wins. That that's, that's a tight, you know, that's a much tighter. And it wasn't Milwaukee had the most wins at 58, right? We didn't have that 62 wing team this year. You no. didn't. You didn't have that. You didn't, like you said, I don't know if there'll be a sixty win team. Maybe Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee may get to fifty nine or sixty this year. But they're the one I think that gets there. By the way. Well, that's a good segue. So let's go into our three overs. So this is yeah. Based I'm gonna. On draft I'm gonna put. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share the DraftKings thing on here so so we can have. If if you're watching, you'll have some context here of what. So this the idea with this is Dave. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Is we're gonna pick. There's DraftKings has some over under projections. We're going as they are now, and we're gonna make. Whether we say take over, take the under here. And if you see it, we're using that right column, which is the DraftKings one, correct? The DraftKings. So yeah, I that's picked, what we yeah. So I got my th- I got my three overs. Okay. I you want you want one? Uh go ahead. Yep. I got my first team I think is gonna go over is the Thunder. So the Thunder uh, the Thunder uh, the Thunder at I have a, the line I had is 43 point yep 43 and a half. They had 40 last season. I think home Holmgren's back. I think they can hit 45. I think they could get just over that. 43 and a half. Oh, I think that's a solid pick by the way, Dave. Just over. Yeah. Well, I I think it's a solid pick. Uh we got all they got gets a 44 and you what, win. Yeah. So I don't. I think the. I think the. If the line was a bit higher, like say it was forty five, I wouldn't have done it. But forty three, I think they forty three and a half. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um. What's it over for you, Coop? What do you get? Who do you got? I got. I got the Kings at over forty three and a half. Oh. Okay. I, I think. I think that's a. Yeah. Uh, I think that's very doable. You're telling me that this team has gone that's down. That's doable. To, to, yeah, they're not. I, they're not going to go to a five. If they're not going to go 43 and uh, 39. I, I don't see it. I don't know necessarily if they win as many games as last year, but I, I, I got to put them better at 40, 43 and a half right now. Yeah. My second one is I love this line. I have the magic. So they're at 36 and a half. Yeah. And I'm like, they can, I think they can at least hit. I think they can hit 40. I mean, I think they can go, you know, over thirty six. They can go at least five hundred. Yeah. So I think they can at least hit forty, if not like forty one, forty two. Um, I love the young roster. I think they could get over thirty six and a half. So I have them as an over. 
I think that's super low. Yeah, that is super low. All right. But, I'm you know, a... I mean. Yeah. Go ahead. You got to tell me the Bucks at 52 and a half. Is they're going to go under that? Take the over, man. The Bucks are an easy over for me <laughs> on this one. That was my third one was the Bucks. Yeah. That would. 58 I, I... last year. And they're healthy. They're healthy. You don't think... Yeah, you don't think they're going to drop off, what, six games or something? Yeah. No, I don't think that. they drop six games. Take exactly. It. They could go to 55, and I win this, and I'm like, okay, they go down three games. I still win it. Yep, I agree. That was my third one. That was your third one. Um, So, my last one. So who, um, um, Yeah, this was really interesting. You know, um... Ooh, you're going down. You're scrolling no, down. No, no, no. I just Who wanted to got? look at something quick because, uh, you know, my third one, I'm going to throw a little caution to the to the fire here, and I am going to go to Pacers. I think they're better than a That's not – yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I have the Pacers as my nine team. It, this is – this one, I think they're better – than a 36 or 37 win team. I think they're like a 39 win team. So I'm, I'm, this one's a little tough. This was the, the tough one was this last one to do. I thought the first two were easy. I like that though. I mean, you figure if they, if you th- they get in the play in, you figure they're going to be close to 500 at least. Yeah. I thought about the Bulls too. I know I have the so, Bulls at eight. I know I have the Bulls at eight too. Right. So I could, it, that would say, well, go with the Bulls at eight. I don't know. I, I just, I went with the Pacers here, but I could have easily went with the Bulls. I can because I have the Bulls at Good. eight and I have the Pacers at nine, but I also see the Bulls have more potential to fall off than the Pacers. That's what yes. I'm kind of going. With. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Um. Now it's the negative. Now it's the unders. Yeah. I got. I mean, my first under is the Lakers. They're at forty-eight and a half. I had them. Um, the Lakers were are, at forty-eight. Are they, are they... Yeah. It's... Yeah. Forty-eight and a half. Last season they were forty three. I I mean I guess if AD and LeBron are healthy all year, I mean yeah. forty. I said I could see forty five maybe, but I can't see forty nine, fifty. I just can't. Yeah, I have them higher. That's why I think they could get to fifty. But uh, oh yeah, I'm just saying I I I get them. So who's a, who's an under for you? Well, is this, okay, so I'm just gonna go one down. The Clippers at forty six and a half. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way to the Clippers in forty seven games this year. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, Ty Lue. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Take that, Ty Lue. Yeah. Um, I got the Warriors going under. Yeah. For the same, they're at forty nine. Yeah, I, 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 it's not a bad one. It's like what? They had forty four last season, Coop, and I know they had injuries, but the West is pretty stacked. You gotta have them. I, I just don't have them going over fifty. Yeah. I don't have a lot of fifty game winners, to be honest. It, it's very tough. Yeah. So I just, so I have them at an under, just because that line is so high, for me. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So you have uh, uh the Warriors and the Lakers. Uh ah, uh, I'm I'm sorry the the how about that cigar guys? Mm, Timberwolves are not winning 44 games. Ooh! They're 43 and a half. Take take the Timberwolves as you're under. 
So you reckon like 500 team roughly, probably like what 40, it, it, 41, it, some of that. It, I don't even have them in. My, I don't even have them on the grid for the top 10. So you, so you'd say like 30s. Uh 39 maybe. I'm not big Oof. on that Timberwolves team at all. You are not. Yeah. Um. I now okay. I went the Cavs. Oh. I almost took so them as my over. Went, I almost went over with them. They were at fifty-one last year, but I just, I, I just thought everything clicked last year, and then they flamed out near the end. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see them going over fifty again. I think mean, maybe close, maybe like forty-seven or something. But they have to hit over fifty. I mean, that's a big ask. Yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe they do. Maybe you know, Mitchell stays and everything comes together. But that's a high number for me. That that is a high number. Interesting. But but they did it last year, so I mean maybe maybe I'm the crazy one and they do it again. I don't know. No, that's interesting. But yeah. They did, they did fifty one last year, so Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm if if I haven't sewn, I'm I'm hemming and hawing on my last one here. You are while you hem and haw. Oh go ahead, you got it. Oh, you're still uh, having, you're still Nets, Nets under 37 and a half. Oh, yes. I don't know what to make of that Nets team. Yeah. I don't know. They're so there's such an unknown. Yeah. To me. Yep. Yeah. The but Nets I can see are, that. They can go in the tank. 35. Yeah. 35. I'm just not. Uh, yeah. I'm not really sold on that team. No, that's that's solid. Yeah. I mean, they're total unknown. Yeah. Who are you tossing it up with? What do you mean? Oh, were you try like for your last one? No, you, I did. Like, I had those was my three. between that and another team, or oh, the All other right. one. I was actually on the Pistons. Ooh, it's just, hard with those low numbers. It's hard really with those low, low numbers. Yeah, it's hard with those low numbers. I was it's like they're them. bad though. Yeah, they're bad. But are they are they twenty five win bad, twenty four win bad? Yeah. Oh yeah, because that. Uh, you know, I almost took Wizards. Washington as an over, right? B- but mm. Beal is a big loss, right? <laughs> but oh, yep. Uh, and they're going to be you know, bad. Beal and Porzingis. Yeah, yeah, yeah they bad. lost a lot. Uh, wait, who's your third one they again? Going to be good. Who's your third one? Cavs. Cavs. Cavs okay. ahead. I, I just want to write it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yep. I looked at this. This. These are the only teams. I'm like, well, who could get fifty? The only teams I can see getting fifty Cooper are the Nuggets, Bucks, Celtics, Suns, maybe the Heat and the Seventy Sixers. Like, there's not that many fifty over win teams. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, um, I have the Cavs at a fifty one team actually. Um, hey, you're big on the Cavs. I'm big on the Cavs. I, I'm, I'm much higher. They were again. I think they were spectacular defensively. But this, you know, I look at this and it's um, the Seventy Sixers. Which we both stayed away from because we don't know where that team's heading right now. Uh, they could, they could get, they could easily get over that number, but they could easily be way under that number. If, if, I yeah, think. they could. Um, but I think, I don't know. See, I'm just so down on the on the on the makeup of that team right now. Uh, and you know they won 54 uh, last year. Uh, you know, I don't think that I don't think they need to rip this team apart. I don't think they need to go through no. the process again. But what I do think is they need to um 
you know, they do need they they need a they need some new parts in there. They need a, they need some new well, parts. They- the issue is they're one and beat bad ankle away from like winning twenty. <laughs> That's well, the, thing. The, the the bench played better for them last year, but I agree if they if they lose hard like I, and yeah. and Bead is going to miss time, and if he misses a significant amount of time, it, it could be a disaster for them. Um, I don't look. Like, I I think this is a first round elimination team. To be honest with you, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I think the the uh, the Heat could take them out in the playoff section. Oh yeah, in the four oh, five. Yeah. So. This could be a very short run for this, and uh, we'll see. I think they need this is a team that needs to recon, re, retool, not reconstruct, but retool. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see how we uh, how we do in our picks. Talking some NBA, we got NBA songs, so we'll just yeah, we'll we got each person list their list their five. We'll have you kick us off, Coop. What are your five uh, NBA songs here? Okay, uh, let me stop sharing because. I want to pull up my notes. Uh, let me pull hey. these. Okay. So, um, so I'm gonna do all five, right? Yeah, just go, just rip them all off. Right. So I'm starting. I have a couple of songs to start this off with. Um, and I went back to the the schoolyard, the playground with these songs. <laughs> and, and the first one I did, and, and this guy's a pioneer in the rap world, uh, is Curtis Blow's Basketball. Icon, iconic song. Iconic, iconic song. song. It's a great song. I love that song. I remember when it came out. I was a senior in high school, and it just it. You know, you're, you're listening to it. You can you can see yourself throwing up free throws and layups with that. Uh, it, it just kind of has an urban feel to it. Um, so I went with Curtis Blow's Basketball. The, the name says it all. The song is great. Yeah, keep, just go go all in order, Coop. Just okay. List them all so off. the next one is. From one of my favorite albums of all time, uh, Bruce Hornsby and the Reigns. It's the, his second album, Scenes from the South Side. The song is called The Old Playground. Yeah. Uh, it's got very much a schoolyard vibe. This is like more kids playing basketball, maybe aspiring like, to be great. Like Hornsby's son was a college basketball player. The NBA used Was he? To, yeah. He played over at uh, yeah. UNC Asheville. So he's, Hornsby oh. spent a lot of time in North Carolina because his son played basketball for them. Yeah. Um... The song is great. If you haven't heard the old playground, go to get, you know, we're going to have it on the playlist. Um, and if you remember that song going way back, you may remember the NBA used that song in some promos. Uh, and it goes, the line goes, take me to the old playground. So again, you wouldn't think of that as an NBA type of song, but I thought it was, it was great. Now nice. I cheated. I have six songs because number three, <laughs> because number three, I had to put two songs back to back for number three. So That's I go fair. to I go I went to the Alan Parsons project, and wow. he, he does that song "Serious," which is the theme song for the Chicago Bulls when they do the entrance. Oh. Um, however, if you listen to the Alan Parsons project on um, if you listen to this song, it's this "Serious" is always followed up by "Eye in the Sky," which is their big okay. hit. So they do the "Serious," and then they kind of go into "Eye in the Sky." I get Eye in the Sky is nothing NBA related. Serious is it, but you can't include <laughs> it is the problem. And Alan Parsons, by the way, he, this guy is an engineer. He worked with the Beatles and stuff. Uh, and he works with a guy named Eric Wolfson, who's the who's more the you know the vocals and the songwriter guy. And they bring in revolving musicians, which is the Alan Parsons project. And they've done some great music, but but that serious song, it's the it's the greatest uh song for a team entrance ever. Uh, oh, I know yeah, yeah. it is. So I, I had to include that. Oh yeah. I went. 
I went for I, well, I wanted a fan song for the fourth one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went Hammer Time, and I said, you can't touch this by MC Hammer. <laughs> uh, I think that's a pretty cool song. You know, you're on a timeout, and, and then they start playing this in the arena. It fires you up a bit, you know. Uh, just a great, great feel-good song when you're at the game. Um, so I, I like that one. That was my fourth. Uh, I love, of course, I love the Rick James sample of Super Freak and that. So, um, Yeah, oh, yeah. And then the fifth one, this was in the movie Space Jam. Uh, it's a song originally by the Steve Miller band, but I put the seal version um, Ooh, in this. Yep. And it's Fly Like an Eagle. And mm. I, I've always loved, I, by the way, it, it's, Space Jam is a really cool movie to watch, right? Uh, but mm. it, it, it has that whole, like, making the big plays. It's, it's, you know, it's mm. all Jordan, right? But, you know, I can, that song, it has a good vibe when a team's going on a run in the playoffs. Um, and I think Seal with the sultry vocals, really his cover I think is better than the Steve Miller band's version. So, so that was my, right. those are my five, Dave. Um, in there. Excellent, excellent yeah. picks. I love the basketball pick by Curtis Blow. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I hope he didn't take that one. I was like, no, <laughs> I had that one from. Like, I went. Minute you said the show, yeah. <laughs> I went with a lot of songs where they like name check players in the song. Uh huh. Um. Well, my first one is there's a history of basketball players that also want to be musicians. And, of course, the the most well-known is Shaq, where he was Shaq Diesel Coop in the 90s. Forgot about that, yeah, but he did have a rap career, yeah. <laughs> so I got Shaq with Fife Dog from Tribe Called Quest. Where you at is the name of the track. Yep. Who can forget Shaq's rap and movie career in the 90s? Uh, teamed up. Fife is going to come up later. Yep. Uh, but he's still putting out music coop. Yeah. Shaq. He's put out. It's like hardcore EDM. It is bizarre. It is. It is. <laughs> so I he's mean, still doing it. I mean, that's why he went to um, L.A. originally. L.A. Was yeah. it be closer well, to the music yeah. business? And then he went to Miami, which Miami's got its own music business piece down there, too. So he spent some, you know, that's why he spent those times in those cities. Um. I got Tribe Called Quest with 8 million stories. And the reason Fife. I picked this track is uh, Fife Dog is a huge Nick was a huge Knicks fan and loved the NBA. Yep. He makes tons of references to Knicks. And and this one references John Stark specifically. Who has a and cigar out? Not, he has a cigar. It's not that great, by the way, but he has a cigar out. John oh, Stark. does he? Yeah. I loved him as a player, though. When they would go against the Bulls and he would be he, up on Jordan and stuff. Yeah, he had that one. Unfortunately, in that championship series, he just threw bricks up. Uh, but he was a great, you know, if they had, if they, you know, if the Knicks had kept Xavier McDaniel, we would, mm. you would not be talking about this Bulls dynasty. I'm telling you, it would not have been a Bulls dynasty. That was a, that they, they got rid of Xavier McDaniel and mm. that was a huge mistake. He was the perfect number two guy with Patrick Ewing. They oh. love Celtics, yeah. Um, speaking of uh, the Bulls, I got Ice Cube. It was a good day. Nice pick, yeah. And he talks about Michael Jordan, huge in '92. Yep. Uh, iconic track. Rihanna, bitch, better have my money, Coop. How did I guess this one was going to be on? <laughs> <laughs> So she did this at the Super Bowl, which is crazy that you're going to do bitch, but have yeah. money at the Super Bowl. Yep. But she name checks LeBron in it. So you got to love this. Now, I coach my daughter's uh, basketball team. Uh huh. 
the under 14 girls team. Way to go. Big win yesterday. Yep. Um, and we play music during training. And uh, and the girls pick it. So it's a lot of Rihanna and Drake. But my daughter actually picked this song, which is Ski Low, I Wish. Nice. That's a good pick. And this is the the wish I was. Uh, I wish I was six, nine. I wish I was a baller. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. And who doesn't yeah. wish they were six, nine and could play basketball? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, it's a kind of a classic basketball track there. Yep. Oh. So, of course, Coop and I are going to get all of our over-unders right and just be seen to be, you know, exactly. basketball. Yeah, well, well <laughs> what we'll do is when the season's over, we'll compile um, we'll compile these. And uh, what I'll do, Dave, is I'll ask you to send me those. I'll put a cheat link in so people want to cheat, you know, and reference back what we did. But uh, what we'll do is we'll go back and see how we scored on, on our top tens. And our finals, and of course the um, the over unders. That's what we normally do. So, so how's your cigar going, Coop? Fantastic. This is the best cigar I've had by Osgunner. Uh, it's a really nice chocolatey medium cigar. It's just what I expect from a good San Andreas Maduro. It's got it's very well balanced. Um, you know, not overly spicy, not pungent, but that good chocolatey, earthy flavor uh, in it. Uh, definitely my favorite cigar. I've been a little disappointed with some of the Osgunner's cigars thus far, but this one, uh, this one's a home run for for Osgunner. I really like this cigar. Um, I want to smoke. I have a, I have some of the Toro sizes I bought. Those are the one. Um, mm. but, but again, this is a show sample too. But uh, mm. uh, nice slow burning cigar too. So I, you know, I've kind of been doing this on the show, and I'm, I still got a lot of cigar left. Oh, I gotta check that cigar out. Yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I can send you one. I have a, uh, I think I have an extra one to send you. I'll check on that one. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, the last Calaveras, I'm about the same length, uh, same much as uh, as you, Coop. Yeah. Ages really well. I think it's the strength is kicked down a bit, but it's got this like creamy kind of coffee. It's a bit more subtle than some of the other last Calaveras. Um, I, I saw a few people got... down. I saw a few people dissing this last Calaveras. I thought that was a good one. The blue one? The blue one. I thought the blue well, one was good. I'm forgetting what I scored yeah, it. Yeah, I, I liked I, it. What did I score it? Um, Because I'm curious. I Did I score it? I scored it in 89. Uh, I think I scored it in 89 Um, in terms of that. It, you know, it wasn't, like I said, I thought it was, it wasn't my favorite one of the series, but, you know, oh. it, it's up against some good competition. Um, I scored this because I reviewed this last month uh, and I scored it in 89. Which is a very good score on Coop. You know, I said I no, recommend buying it. I recommend buying it. Yeah, it's yep. a good cigar. You can still find a couple of them around. Yeah, uh, and with the age on it, it's doing really well. So, yep. um, and like and like I said, I have said this. I think the Las Cavellas for me always perform better in the larger ring gauges. Yeah, so I this is uh, quite well. I agree, and I went and I reviewed the uh, the fifty two, which was the second biggest ring gauge on it. So, uh, yeah, that's you. You're smoking the fifty, the robusto, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the five by fifty-two. Well, the, we did. Oh no, this is the Toro, so it's the. Oh, so six, by... you're smoking the big one. You're smoking the six by fifty-four. Yeah. But I agree, now, the last one where... smokes better in it. Yeah. Now this is the one that the one thing that does go against the rule because they made the Lancero in this one. The Lancero was very good. This was the uh, limited edition that came with the pack. Was the Lancero? 
Yeah, that was the Petit Lancero. That was a six, that was a six and a half by forty they did, and it was very good. Yeah, and it was so a Car- kinda, yeah. Corojo wrapper on that. Nicar- so it was all Nicaraguan that, uh, and then making it my father. And I think my father's growing some very good Corojo right now. So uh, it's very, very good. It. I thought it reminded me at times of the Las Marias. It. I. I. Yes. Kept... Well, you love that cigar too. Yeah, I mean, I did. I like Las Marias better. But they were, you know, yep. they both had Corojo wrappers, so that could be my mind playing games on me too. Mm. But no, it, remi- it reminds me too of I think it was the 2017, the Black Label one, because that was a bit more dialed back, uh, flavor wise, a bit more nuanced. This one too, because usually the last Caravelas people I think are used to like a pretty strong punchy cigar. Yeah, uh, and this is a bit more dialed back, but it's very very good. Yeah, I agree. I, my favorite's the Green Label. It's the Mexican one they did. That was my oh. favorite. Yeah, I really love that one. Uh, did a good job on it. Black Label is a good one, too. I like the Black Label one. Speaking of Las Carvelas, uh, Cigar Hustler, we're in the new Music 45, and they're carrying the new one. If you go on their website, they have the 54 up there yeah. ready for you to buy. Yeah, they even had the Fuente Impossible collection on there, too. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have my price range, though. But uh, I just saw I just saw an email from them, and I think they have the – is it the Fuente Shark, I think? I, th- I saw they had a bunch of Fuente stuff in there. Fuente shipped a whole bunch of stuff to them. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about Sussler, you know, go down to Deltona, Florida, great store. You go in there, the humidor is fantastic, great customer service, great place to smoke, great staff. Uh, if you can't get down there, uh, go to the website, scarhustler.com, get on their email list. You have just to. talked about, uh, because that's where they put these types of things out there that are limited. They also will throw it on social media, so follow their social media channels as well. Um, the the hustler guys were the only guys who were at the compound this year, just so you know. Um, yeah, we 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 really didn't have a lot of guys out at the compound this year. It was far out, and we've been a little careful. I was being a little careful with COVID. We were doing other things, trying to make sure we got sleep and everything, and, and they, they came out there. So uh, great guys, and um, they had the SPC 22 at the trade show. Because uh, they have their own brand, Postani, mm. as well. So, um, can't say enough about the Hustle guys. Uh, good, good guys. Um, they, you know, Mike was on Aaron's recap show as well uh, on developing palettes. So, yeah, I, I'm just gonna do a little plug for the email I got from them today. Yeah, definitely get on their email list. Mm-hmm. They have that Opus X Impossible 13 box. Four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. <laughs> But uh, another I don't have, I don't have, have that. By the way, it's a beautiful uh-huh. collection. Uh, yeah, it's a, you don't got that kind Yeah, it's a beautiful collection they have too, and uh, the um, uh, wholesale price was pretty high, so that's about what yeah. you expect to pay for that. Yeah. But another box you could pre-order, which I'm excited about, which I may pre-order, is that um, Espinosa the Knuckle Sandwich um, prefix box where they're all. Yeah, the prefix box. Yeah, that looks cool. Uh, yeah. Um, that by the way, it's interesting. It does look cool. It got a lot of attention at the trade show, it, and it's probably of the articles I've done on products at a trade show. The two samples you just mentioned, Impossible Collection, and the prefix are probably the two all-time most read sampler stories. So wow. that's to say a lot. Both of those, and, and we're putting Espinosa up with Fuente numbers is pretty good. So, uh. You know, Fuente is always going to do big numbers, and Espinosa does big ones. But that that was the that there were so many people asking about that product. That's that you know they have that perfecto size in there, so it was a lot of excitement about that sampler. 
So let's get some new music. We got side A, Baby Metal Coop. Yes. With Maya. Yep. Maya. I'm a now, Maya. Now, I like Maya. I've been I've been trying to get out there and listen to more metal because it's a bit of a blind spot on on reviews and new music. So I've been trying to see what's out there. And this is bizarre. It, it's like it's it's a Japanese pop vocal to like thrash metal. It is bizarre. But I you love know, I've it. heard I've heard these Japanese like I've heard this, these Japanese like rock songs. I don't want to say it's metal. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic. It's a popular dynamic too. They're they're back band, so it's like three women sort yep. of like are the lead vocal, and then they have a backing band, and the backing band is just on yep. fire. Yeah, like it's great. So check that out if you're into metal. Side B, we got Takei with Flume and Sound Assassin. So Takei is a Zambian-born Australian rapper, and she opened for Lizzo. And she has some tracks out this year, so I thought I'd pump her up. That's Silent I, Assassin. I, there's nothing better, Dave, at a concert when the opening act just delivers. And then you go yep. and explore. And it does, you know, and then you go and you buy their music. And you, and I've, I've had this happen with several bands in my lifetime where, you know, and it's great to see when that happens. When, when the opening, you know, and sometimes people don't want to pay attention to the opening act. They don't care. Uh, I always, always go look, look forward to the opening act. And I, I always like when it's someone I don't know. So uh, and I, I've always had something very pleasantly surprised. I was glad to see you have that on there. Love the opening act. Now, Coop yeah. has a bonus track, which I think it would be like if for me, Rihanna and Beyonce and Taylor Swift all did a song together. This is yep. like the perfect culmination of things for Coop. Yeah, this is a cover song. Uh, it is uh, the song is Soak Up the Sun, which was uh, done by Sheryl Crow. A very good song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's being covered by Soccer Mommy, who did it. Ooh, I got I haven't heard this. I got to hear it. He did a great job on this cover. And you know, I like the I like a cover that kind of keeps the vibe of the original, but maybe adds its own little spices on top of it. This is uh, Soccer Mommy did a. This could be a breakthrough hit for her if this if this it, starts to get cra- yeah. It's We've two artists about. that you love. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big Cheryl Crow person. Uh, I think Soccer Mommy is going to be a very, very is going to be a, a music star. She's got a f- cult following right now, but I think this could be the song. Um, I'm be. curious to see if it gets on the radio now. Uh, it gets some airplay too. Um, I'm, check I'm, it out. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I would say yeah, Soccer Mommy did a that just dropped this week. So uh, yeah, definitely check mm-hmm. that out. I got two album archaeologies. I got Tony Bennett. I got now it's hard for Tony Bennett because he's doing music like forever. So I picked a track. This is from 86. I picked a record that I really like. It's the Art of Excellence. Yep. And talk about a New York guy. It's like him with the New York skyline like behind him on the cover. Yep. Yep. Uh, opening track, Why Do People Fall in Love is just incredible. And then he does a duet with Ray Charles on every everybody has the blues. So it's just yeah. a really good, really good, really good record. I- I almost picked Ray Charles for my five music, and it would hit, and I would have did hit the road Jack. I ended up oh, going yeah, Ham- I ended up going MC Hammer, but it was the same. Hit the road Jack is a great like when a when someone gets ejected yeah. from a game or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I almost right. picked that one too, but I said I already have six now. I'm like, yeah, but but yeah, this was that was I was looking at uh, Ray Charles with that. <laughs> so uh, good work, yeah. Um, and I got Sinead O'Connor. I feel we've talked about. I don't. I do not want what I haven't got. I think we've talked about that album, so I didn't pick that one. 
But I picked Universal Mother from '94. Good pick. Kind of from last big album. After that, it sort of falls off for her. Yep. So yeah, did the All Apologies for Nirvana, which was huge. Cover that cover. Thank you for hearing me. It's a great track. And In This Heart, which is another great track. Yep. Check it out. And uh, and that's all I got, Coop. That's all I got, too, man. This was a great show. It was a lot of fun to do this. Oh, uh, I think we're yeah. going to try to do some more sports shows throughout the year. Uh, of course, we do our we do our Super Bowl music show every year now. It's part of uh, the, the fabric. But I think we're going to uh, – We'll we'll probably do the football show next later, but uh, now it's you know into August. It's gonna be later in August, I would say. Um, we gotta try. This is a close. This is close circuit to uh, close circuit to surgery. We gotta have you on the show so you can get all yeah all in a lather about your jets. Well, if we don't have surgeon on it, I mean, yeah, if surgeon, uh, yeah, it's gonna be very very interesting. Uh, there's there's uh with the jets. I mean, it, it it's gonna be great or it's gonna it or it's gonna be depressing. Is what I'm just gonna say. <laughs> in the end, I think he'll be depressed with the playoff if they get to the playoffs and they lose. But it, if they don't, if they don't get off to a three and zero start, like it's gonna be tough. There's gonna be uh, the expectations are high. So we'll talk to John about. It. I won't steal all the thunder on the Jets there, but I have my Jets hat. I'm gonna wear on the show for John. So I I just think the Jets have to go one of two ways. They either have to be incredible. Or they have to be a total disaster. If they're just middle of the road, it won't be that fun. The, the big question in New York, and, and I know I'm always the guy about the coaches, um, is Salah. Salah. There's not a lot of, you, you know. By the way, I got to plug this. We, you know, Aaron and I interviewed Steve Wilkes, who's a former Panthers coach, um, and now he's Ooh. the defensive coordinator for the Knights. He's on primetime two seventy five, and I'm like. The Jets should have brought in Steve Wilkes. That guy, he he did such a good job with the Carolina Panthers. He they played tough for him. They almost won the division, even though they were mm. they were horrible beforehand. And the inside info I have, just so you know, because I um was I was told that uh, that that the owner did not want a defensive coach uh because he was worried, you know, they're going to bring in a new quarterback, and he was worried if he brings in a good coordinator, he'd lose the coordinator. So he wanted some stability uh, at, at, with the offense because they're bringing in a new quarterback. So I got, but and Steve said all the right things. I'm a great guy, by the way. Um, Steve Wilkes, if the Jets had him, different story because they he's a very good coach, and I think the nine. I'm rooting for the Niners if the Giants don't win. So, right, yeah. Ah. So, so yeah, check. We'll 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 stay tuned on. The football show and stay tuned on our social media. We'll announce the next show next day uh, as we continue this year, our primetime jukebox. We we have a lot of show ideas in the queue. I think we have a couple of guests. We're going to be we're still trying to get guests. It's a little tricky sometimes with, with people, but we're going to work on that. So be patient, everyone. And that's it, Dave. That's it. That's all I got. Great show. All right. Man. Great Love show. It. That's going to that's gonna wrap up Primetime Jukebox, episode 105 of the Annals of History for the end of July of 2023. We will catch everybody next time. Take care.